right, we're rolling. We are rolling. We're rolling. All right, welcome everybody to a Nerds at Large spoiler cast. I am, I guess, temporary host Jacob yeah. Hamill. Yeah, I am Jeff Mayo. Uh, Darby's <laughs> not here right now because he didn't play a game that we're going to be talking about, which is Near Automata. Yeah, I don't know if he can handle this game. Um, yeah, not uh, a Darby game. <laughs> <laughs> let's um, let's get into it, Jeff. What is Near Automata? Uh, it is, I guess, action RPG created by Square Enix and Platinum Games. Yep, co-developed by them. Uh, written and directed by Yoko Taro, yep. who is the uh, director of the Drakengard series. Uh, he's a very interesting creator. We'll get more into him as we dive into this it, conversation. If you're not sure who he is, he's that de- Japanese developer guy who wears that moon face thing. Yeah, yeah, helmet, yeah. Helmet thing. Uh, he is he's an interesting character. This is an interesting game. It is. Uh, I'm really glad you played it. Uh, it's... This is a very deep and uh, like philosophical game. Yep. Um, we'll, we'll be diving into that. Uh, if you didn't know, Nier Automata is the sequel to the 2010 game Nier. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is Nier? What does that mean? Uh, Nier is just the name of the main character in the mm-hmm. first game. Uh, you don't necessarily need to have played the first game to understand Nier Automata, but things do come up. And this spoiler cast will probably be diving into uh, some of the spoilers from the first Nier, if that's okay with you. Um, yeah. So, just a fair warning, if you haven't played Nier, uh, don't listen to this. If you haven't played Nier Tomina, definitely don't listen to this. <laughs> uh, but if you're, not interest- if, you're, if you're not sure if you're interested in Nier, then I would encourage people to probably listen to this. And maybe they will realize that this game is kind of more than just its cover. More than just... <laughs> That robot girl who yeah yeah wearing suggestive clothing <laughs> yeah it's not too often that I say not to judge a game by its cover but kind of like with you know Spec Ops the Line mm-hmm. and uh, I'd say maybe Catherine Near is a game where you look on the outside and you see you see two B's design just in this Gothic Lolita outfit uh, you see that's made by Square and Platinum Games so you're like okay well it's going to be this you know over the top Japanese action RPG you can kind of make I think a lot of statements about the game just based on those characteristics but that is not what near is at all yeah um and so i guess i'll just briefly talk about my history with near uh i i did not play near until near tomina was announced it was a mm-hmm. game that was on my radar for a long time and then when near tomina was announced i think back in 2015 at e3 sounds right yeah i got the motivation to go back and play the first game and i i loved it a lot Mm-hmm. And then I played Nier Automata, and that game just, it's a game where even after I have completed it, I continue to think about it, and I can my appreciation for it continues to grow deeper and deeper, and I think it's one of my favorite games ever. Definitely nice. in the top 10. Uh, what, what, was, what would be your opinion on it? Like, What are your overall thoughts and feelings on Nier? Oh, I didn't play the original Nier. Don't know much about it at all, other than, yeah, your guitar making all that kind of stuff. Nier Automata. Liked it a lot. Um, the the, you know, the gameplay is really fun. The yeah, all the story stuff and the, ph- the philosophy type stuff was really cool. Um, yeah, they had a very a lot of interesting gameplay and ideas, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, again, let's let's get it out the way. Um, what does automata mean? A lot of people will say automata. Yes, which is not right. Uh, automata <laughs> is plural for automaton, which is a mm-hmm. basically a self-propelled robot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting. Uh, I mean, it, I mean to be fair, like the game would, would sound really dumb if it was called Near Robot. But so Automata is kind of like I think a clever way to have that idea. But it really is a game about two different groups of robots: the androids and the machines. Mm-hmm. 
And I guess we'll just go into it. I think the best way to tackle talking about this game would be just to go through the game kind of chronologically, go through the endings, mm-hmm. and then bring up different points when you know when necessary. Because we could be bouncing all over the place, talking about all yeah. sorts of things. Uh, but I think this will give us a clear way to talk about this game without being too scatterbrained. So um, I guess we'll start with the opening. So we open up uh, and with a kind of flyover scene. We're in these kind of futuristic flight units mm-hmm. uh, and we're treated to this really interesting monologue by the main character to B, who is a Android. And she says, everything that lives is designed to end. We are perpetually trapped in a never ending spiral of life and death. Is this a curse or some kind of punishment? I often think about the God who blessed us with this cryptic puzzle and wonder if we'll ever have the chance to kill him. So now that you've played this game, you kind of think about that opening monologue it raises some questions, yeah. I think, and it invites, a, I think, a deeper conversation. Um, I think Yoko Taro, he's, he's done a lot where he kind of um, plays, I think, with JRPG tropes. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, already right off the bat, you're kind of talking about killing God, which is yep. a very stereotypical. <laughs> I play Tales games. Yeah, we played Persona, Final Fantasy, yeah. Tales games. Like, it all ends with you killing some sort of God. Um, which, but as you play through the game, you realize that in near, that's not exactly what you might think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we are, um, then we go through the, I guess the prologue mission, uh, to be flight unit is destroyed. They're going to a factory to, uh, destroy these giant Goliath class machine forms. Um, and, uh, so the so the Yorha, which are the, the main group of androids, can make contact with the resistance on the Earth. Uh, her squad is destroyed, but she meets up with a character named 9S, who is a scanner unit. He's not quite the same, whereas 2B is meant for battle. I guess that's what, that's what the B would stand for. Mm-hmm. 9S is more of a reconnaissance, hacking-type character. Yeah, support character. Uh, and so they go through, you know, the, uh, the factory, you know, there's some lines thrown in there kind of establishing, uh, the, the feeling of the androids and their opinions on the machine life forms, which are the main antagonists. They kind of look like 1950s robots, like wind up robot toys. 9S is racist. 9S is, yeah, yeah. Uh, how the <laughs> machines don't have thoughts or feelings or just simple robots. And, uh, we, we also trade to the line of, you know, emotions are prohibited, a lot, uh, a lot, which is not, which is very obviously not true. Yeah, I you kept on hearing that, especially when usually said to Nine S, like, "Man, you keep on saying that," but Nine S keeps on going and going. You don't really do much about it. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that line. I think it's uh, it's in, it's an interesting insight. I think into the character of Two B, mm-hmm. uh, and then we reach the these Goliath class robots, which are giant Transformer esque uh, industrial uh, like oil drilling platforms of giant mm-hmm. razor like um industrial construction equipment saws attached to their arms yeah like a crane as well other shoulders or, or that kind of stuff yeah and then so we fight they fight they beat the boss um but then there are more goliath class units and in order to beat them because they've been wounded 9s and 2 they've been wounded throughout the battle and so they detonate this thing called the black box. And if you're listening to this and you're kind of confused, so are the players. They throw a lot at you yeah. in the beginning. Um, and so they do this thing called a black box detonation where they touch these two weird black cubes together and they blow up. And you're like, wow. So our two characters have already died. Yep. <laughs> but that's not what happens. What happens, Jeff? Uh, they're, well, they kind of send their costumes back up to their, their base, the bunker, and they get new bodies and stuff. And- yeah. 
Yeah. 2Bs retains her memories. Yes. But 9S does not because if I remember right, 9S didn't really have time to do it, so he just did 2Bs. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it, it establishes that all these androids, their their memories, their data is kind of stored on a cloud mm-hmm. type server and is downloaded back into their their bodies. So ultimately we're treated to the idea that their their physical bodies are disposable. Um, but their memories are kind of what makes them them. And I think that kind of starts to kind of dive into some of the philosophical questions that this game raises on, you know, what makes you you? What's your identity? Mm-hmm. Um, how can you be the authentic you? And uh, so, and the, and the bunker itself is a really interesting place. Uh, total visual shift. It's kind of like in this monochromatic color uh, system. And it's, it's in... Um, kind of this 2d circular yeah. kind of design it's, it's i think it's really jarring i think getting thrown out of the the visuals of the factory and like the the hack and slash uh look of it back into this very different uh space it, it makes the bunker feel like it should be like this separate you know far off entity because it is this space station floating in space mm-hmm. uh and then we're treated to a plot dump so we kind of know what's going on uh, in the year 5012 AD, aliens invade the Earth with these machine life forms. Uh, and so humanity flees to the moon. And then 200 years later, they counter with their own army of androids. And the game takes place in the year like 11,000. So they've been fighting for 6,000 yep. <laughs> years, an absurd amount of time in this kind of proxy war of the androids serving the humans who are on the moon and then the machines who are serving the aliens. Uh, and then also interestingly enough, when, when 2B is kind of re- rebooting on the bunker, she, uh, you, you kind of go through the, this options menu. Yeah. Figuring out like what you want to do as far as sound levels and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which will come back mm-hmm. in route B. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about that, about the, uh, the different routes and the different endings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, we have route A and then you get to the credits and then people kind of stop playing. Yeah. Which you really shouldn't. <laughs> I I can get why some people might. I mean, they say at the end of it, like after the credits are done, I think, like, hey, this isn't the true ending of the game. There's still more, blah, blah, blah. But I, get why, I see why, especially people who got a day one and, you know, when it, since I just recently played, I obviously knew about all this stuff. Be like, once they sell the credits, like, eh, that, that probably means there's still not much more or whatever. It's probably whatever. Right. As far as the extra stuff they're talking about. Right. Yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, like route a is really just set up, I think for the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and this is kind of how our conversation will go. I think we'll kind of talk about like the plot points of route a, and then we'll, when we talk about route B and C being kind of dive into some of the deeper things that are going on. Um, so anyways, nine S and two B they're, they're kind of, they, they, yes. Like you said, uh, 2B remembers what happens at the factory, but 9S doesn't because his data was not uploaded. So even though he remembers 2B, he doesn't remember what happened exactly in the final moments of that mission. Yeah. He knows the back black box exploded, but, you know, not everything is say that to that. Yeah. And, and it kind of, there's this kind of odd scene very early on where 9S is talking about that and 2B is visibly annoyed, I'd say. <laughs> she is kind of like a Clint... A, you know, closing of her fist. She seems a little, uh, yeah, perturbed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so the characters go to the resistance camp, which I think this is something that we should kind of 
clearly delineate here is that there are the Yorha units, which is what 2B, 9S, all of our main characters belong to. And then there is the resistance, and those androids are different than the Yorha androids. Yeah, like the Yorha units get the feeling thing. Yeah, they, they are androids. You see it, blah, blah, blah. They act like people, but you can tell they're at least more m- militarized or whatever. Yeah. Resistance seem more like, oh, they're people trying to survive, struggle to survive type thing. Right, yeah. And, and the big difference is that, like we said before, where the Yorha units, when they die, their data can be re-downloaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, these androids, these resistance androids are completely on their own. They're not linked to a server or anything like that. Yeah, and you get some side quests from some of the resistance members that involve some of them dying or yeah. some of that and yeah, they're gone for good and them acting human about it. You can like, uh, they want something to remember them by and all that kind of stuff, burials and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And, and we're also treated to very early on a very interesting existentialist question by one of the characters in resistance camp who's asking you to get parts. And when you go get parts for him, you, they to be and I ask him like, Hey, why don't you repair your leg? That is very obviously broken. And he says, uh, you know, I can't because I've replaced everything else in my body except for this leg. And then if I replace this leg, then nothing in my body would be original anymore. So it kind of raises the question of, you know, how do we define ourselves? How does, mm-hmm. where does our consciousness reside? Uh, and, and that's kind of a, an allusion to this famous question called the, the ship of Theseus, just, um, which was proposed by a Greek philosopher. And the idea was that, uh, the ship of Theseus, which is in a museum, it's been replaced over you know hundreds of years or whatever. Is it still the ship of Theseus if every single part of that ship was replaced? Yeah, and I'm not. I don't know all of the stuff about philosophy like you do, but right. it's still kind of the same thing. Of well, we talk about humans when we kind of shed our cells or whatever. They're kind of completely replaced after right. the, the seven years or whatever the hell it is. Like, right? Are we? You know? <laughs> yeah. Are, are, are we? Are like we the same different. person yeah. as we were then? Uh, yeah, really, I think, you know, interesting questions. And I'm not going to say that, like, Nier Automata is, like, the smartest game ever made or anything like that. But I think it does raise a lot of interesting questions that most games, I think, don't really I th- grapple I think it's with. interesting because it's, yeah, it's not the, yeah, like you said, the smartest game ever, but it's a lot more subtle about it in a lot of ways. Than yeah. A lot of the games that raise the philosophy kind of stuff, they're sometimes be more in your face and that can be okay, depending on what it is. But, yeah, there's a lot more subtle about it where... Some of it, I got to, th- you know, you people miss the philosophy and that's when I really started thinking about it. Yeah. And like people were making comparisons to the game Detroit Become Human, which came out about a year after New Year came out. Yeah, it came out last um, April, I think. Yeah. Year yeah. next month. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to, you know, really talk about that game, but th- there was a funny kind of image where it was like David Cage on Detroit Become Human. He was ask- asking the question of, you know, can an android be human? And then you have Yoko Taro with Nier asking, what makes a human human? Which is a yeah. deeply more interesting and uh, profound question, I think, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, I don't know much about Detroit, but yeah, where I heard. That, that's <laughs> what it seemed like, yeah. yeah. And so, again, like, this game is asking, I think, questions that aren't easy to answer, that are difficult subjects, and weighing uh, different ideas and different meanings of that. these kind of big questions of... You know, how do we define ourselves? These existentialist questions. Uh, but we'll get more to that in, I think, Route B, which kind of really starts to mm-hmm. play up some of those ponderings. Yeah. Uh, this kind of all top of that. I was talking about Detroit. It's coming to the Epic Game Store, so PC and stuff. Right. right, right. People modding in just to be. It's, oh, <laughs> it's the real androids. 
just throwing down guitar chords. But anyway, shortly after, you know, kind of getting introduced to the resistance camp, our characters 9S and 2B, they go to the desert to investigate uh, some weird machine going on. Meet Jackass. Yeah, we meet Jackass, uh, <laughs> who's a very lovely character. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll talk about more her, more about her when we talk about the uh, the mackerel. Yeah. And the uh, and some of the interesting stuff that comes out of her side quests. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, uh, so the first thing for me as someone who played the original Nier when going to that. Um, that desert area is that those robots are wearing some of the outfits that characters in the original near war mm-hmm. who had a kind of community in a desert. They wore like those kind of cloaks with like the wooden masks. Mm-hmm. And so I was for myself, I was like, Whoa, like what, <laughs> what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you have to fill me in on all the connections. There's one in potential, one particular character. I'm like, okay, I know this is definitely connected to the original near like 1%. Right. Yeah, we'll get right. to that. Um, and so as we go into the desert, we eventually reach. We're kind of following this one robot who keeps running away, and they who mm-hmm. is show who's very emotive and kind of showing yeah, but fear. The, and the whole time, I was like, robots don't know what any of these words mean. They yeah. don't know emotions. Yeah, machines are just you know brainless kind of. They only have one purpose, which is to kill androids. Yeah. Um, but clearly not, because we walk into a giant ass robot orgy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is the most like what the fuck is yeah. going on? Um, so it's all the nine and two days walk into this giant pit and there are robots, you know, rocking back like a like a like a baby carriage. Uh, some robots are like visibly humping each other. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> it's like what 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 is happening? And it gets even stranger because the robots stop and they start shouting this cannot continue and then they form a giant ball and out from that ball comes a beautiful beautiful bishi man they finally understood what sex is yes at that moment <laughs> <laughs> which um i love this game because you know if you're going to have a character who is i i don't know how to put this i guess like as obviously sexually attractive as to be mm-hmm. the game swings both ways because like three hours in you're seeing like a naked ass beautiful man yeah uh, who's called Adam. Uh, and so 9S and 2B fight him. And over the course of the battle, he kind of evolves and kind of grows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they they, man- they do manage to kill him, uh, but then the whole thing kind of collapses and they stab him. And, and another what the hell moment, they yeah. stab him and out from his chest comes another very beautiful Bishi man. Yep. <laughs> uh, and his name will be Eve, of course. Uh, so that happens. And so they go back to the resistance camp. And then uh, they're talk- they're they're instructed to go to this amusement park, Ninus and Two B, because they're kind of just doing favors at this point. I think yeah, I mean, especially since you're doing all the side quests at that point too. So it's kind of yeah, yeah. I feel like it. And what I really, I'm sure we get into this. What I really like about the side quests is you kind of learn about the wor- the side quests. You learn about the world going on with the androids and stuff, and it feels more. Um, Helps it feel more natural when later on it feels like 2B and 9S kind of getting to know the, the robots and stuff yeah. better and getting to understand like, hey, they're not all bad. Yeah, and there's a few cyclists we'll talk about, I think, in particular because they kind of hint Hopefully at some I of this. the... <laughs> well, if, if not, I can explain, but uh, yeah. they, they hint at uh, some of the... They, they make allusions to yeah. some of the... I did 80% that of later. them, so... So you probably saw them. Yeah. Uh, I think the ones that I talk about weren't, aren't going to be too hidden. Uh, but anyway, so they go to this 
amusement park and we, which is when we see these robots who are not hostile mm-hmm. uh they're, so they're, you can kill these yeah <laughs> at least a lot of them right yeah they're they're dressed up in this clown makeup and they're kind of uh pretending to be i guess entertainers in an amusement park a couple families that are there have, trying to have fun. Yeah, and and the reason that they go to this amusement park is because several Yorha androids have disappeared, mm-hmm. uh, but their black boxes, which is are still online, and so they go into this amusement park and they find uh, this giant opera singer esque robot who has been using these androids to as to decorate herself. Mm. Uh, Creepy. Yeah, very very bizarre and that of course these androids that she has in a way cannibalized you know they have uh they're still alive because their boxes are still online and uh and i love this boss especially when we come back to kind of talking about the some of the deeper things about this boss because it is mm-hmm. it has a very profound statement on how we identify ourselves through gender mm-hmm. um and this boss's name is Simone, which is a reference to the the philosopher Simone Beauvoir, uh, which we'll talk about later. Um, and she was she she her Simone Beauvoir, the real Simone Beauvoir. She is kind of considered to be the founder of 20th century feminism. Mm. She wrote a book called The Second Sex, and pretty much it was talking about how uh, again gender is a performance, and how women in particular uh, define themselves through through their relationship with men. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get back to that. Uh, so anyways, they beat the boss, and then we meet another very important character in Nier. The, our characters follow a peaceful robot back to a village, which is run by none other than Pascal. Pascal's the homie. Pascal is a homie. Uh, now, this is interesting. So Pascal is this very very smart i'd say very self-aware robot Mm -hmm. and his whole village are you know for uh, up until now you know it was said that you know the machine life forms are they're hardwired into a network you know they're all kind of one of a kind but here we we see these very individualistic machines Mm -hmm. and uh in pascal being the leader of them and some of them kind of it's it's kind of interesting because some of them define themselves through very you know, they're still the machines that we have been seeing but like you put a bow on them and all of a sudden you know that machine is unique and different yeah and then there's some that form families not yes. really sure how that exactly works in the village but yeah there's a mom robot dad robot sometimes and they have a little kid robot even though some I think there was sometimes the kids were about the same size but yeah, yeah well that's that's the funny thing and that's that's kind of like di- diving into you know all these things that we kind of define ourselves with, you know, family, gender, like, like we, we construct those things for ourselves. And like, Mm -hmm. really, you know, there's not much, you know, they're they're kind of just super, you know, superficial. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, I guess an example, and it might be what they're going for a Pascal. I know they kept on saying he, because of that voice, I kept on, in my mind, I kept on thinking she. (laughs) Yeah. Pascal has a very feminine voice, but the robot itself, you know, um, uh, defines itself or identifies yeah. as a male, uh, as a man. So it's kind of, you know, it's, I mean, there's, there's a lot to unpack, I think, with Pascal's <laughs> village and, and these machines. You could talk about, you know, how they're, how they identify themselves. But I think that, you know, most importantly is that, you know, these machines are clearly more, more than what they were made out to be in the prologue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so we do a few favors for Pascal. We find out that these machines, these peaceful machines in the village, they've been trading with the resistance camp, uh, which kind of like totally flies in the face of like 9S's idea. That, uh, yeah, and they're like, wait, what? What are yeah, you doing? <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, exactly. That 9S is like, oh, you know, can't can't trust these machines. You know, they're, they're up to no good, but mm-hmm. you know, clearly not. Uh, and then the Goliaths, then there's another machine attack in the city. They fight more of these giant Goliaths, and that opens up a giant hole, which, interestingly enough, changes the whole well, environment. It's something I like on this game. As you go through the the game and the end and stuff, you have the environment um, changes in different ways and what's open to you and what you can do and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So after this battle, after this kind of very cinematic thing, um, this whole middle part of the city ruins, which is kind of like the central area in the game mm-hmm. is changed there's a giant hole in it and 2b and 9s of course explore go down in there and they find none other than an alien spaceship yep. as in the aliens <laughs> that made the machines and what do we find the machines are dead or sorry oh, the, the aliens, uh, the aliens are, dead. are dead they were killed by the machines a long time ago mm-hmm. and so yeah so right away that the i guess like the threat that was set up turns out that they're gone Yep, and it's just kind of like just the proxies, I guess you could say, are left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll that'll come yeah. back later. Had an Eve show up to drop all this on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a really awesome, I think, battle mm-hmm. where they're they're kind of two um, B and nine S are fighting like one on one with Adam and Eve. You can see the other character in the background fighting. Yeah, the other. As you go around in a circle or whatever you do. Yeah, uh, but it's not a. I guess not a winnable battle. It's just you kind of just go until they're done with their little monologue. Yeah, it's more like yeah, it's like a fight, but like they're more just like it's more like a plot dump, really. Yeah, um, fight is, I guess, survive. Don't get a game over. Yes, yeah. Um, and and again, I think I should say that like you know this game's gameplay wise, like it's not that difficult. I'd oh no, say, no, yeah. Um, um especially going through, um. A and B, well, especially by the time you get done with route B, it's really easy. I think maybe the C, D route, it difficulty went up a little bit in some way. Yeah. But honestly, I think the only time, I think the only time I really died was in route A when I just wasn't know what's going on and there was suddenly this giant robot. Yeah. It's the only, and the, starting with B, some stuff got more difficult, but I don't think I ever died. Yeah. Um. And, and for people out there, if you're playing it, if you find the game too easy, you can definitely kick it up, kick it up to hard. Yeah. But hard is damn hard. Well, yeah. This, yeah, this. Yeah, I guess I don't know if it's Yeah, there's maybe hard where you don't use your chips, right? That's the thing. Because I know there's like, I guess I play it on normal, and it's like hard, and it's like very hard where you just die in one hit. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 what that. Yeah. That's what very hard is. Is one hit kill. Um. The only thing that they take away in um, the hard mode is lock-on. Oh, that's it. Um, which is kind of, I think, like a little nod to the original Nier, because that mm-hmm. game did not have lock-on, but that game was not that hard either. So Yeah. Honestly, I mean, part is like, I could have done that, but probably it's like, eh, I feel like that just made this potentially just more tedious the fa- right. with that than... It'd, it'd make it harder by being a little more tedious. Yeah, I, it's a thing that I would say probably like in Route B or C, maybe kick it up if yeah. you're feeling it. If not, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we discover that the aliens who made the machines in the first place, they're they're dead. And they've been dead for a long time. Yeah, after 6,000 years. Yeah, yeah after 6,000 <laughs> years. Um, And so that's like, whoa. And uh, But there's not really... M- 
I think like the Yorha, the command are kind of like looking into that, but there's not really much they can do about it. And so yeah. we kind of go on another, you know, helping out, I think, Pascal, who's interested in this forest kingdom, mm-hmm. which is run by these machines that have formed a feudal uh, mm-hmm. society. So more, by, definitely more aggressive than yeah. Pascal's group, which, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I love this area, the forest area. Oh, yeah. It is, you know... <laughs> I love how the like the rays of the sunshine just kind of like wash out and mm-hmm. pierce through the uh, like the canopy of the forest. Uh, you know, near is not. I would never consider near to be like a graphical powerhouse of a game. Not like God of War or Red Dead, but yeah. it has an art style. Yeah, to, I mean, like, a yeah. Visual it's one of those games. The art style helps and kind of it's minimalism in a way because yeah. not much is going on. You definitely tell. Look at it a lot of places like. This is a game with a budget. Um, yeah, clearly. But luckily, since it sold so well, we should get a sequel to a higher budget, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe not a direct sequel, but Yokotaro should be given more, which is would be cool. Definitely. But um, on our way to this, this Forest Kingdom, by the way, I forgot to mention, we meet a character from the original game. We meet Emil. Yeah, I figured that was the case. <laughs> Especially uh, after you do his kind of side quest line. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, as someone who did not play the original year, you're like, "Who the hell is this?" Yeah, he just popped out a random robot. It's like, is this an all robots? <laughs> yeah. Um. So Emil, people don't know. Like I said, he's a character from the original game. He is. Uh. Originally, he was this. Uh. Well, originally, originally, he was this like, like I don't know, thousand year old like boy. Uh, we'll get into that as we kind of talk about. Did it he here. look like that in the original game, or he turns into that? Okay. He, well, he turns into like a yeah, skeleton like Tommy, man, yeah. Yeah. and by the time we get to him and hear Tommy, like, he's just a sentient head. Yep. He has a shop. Yeah, and later, yeah, later he puts his head in a scooter and drives around. I don't know how he got it in there, but go on in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Emil's the best, but uh, you, you know, not really important, I think, for this game. He's more just a, you know like a fun nod to the mm-hmm. original. And, uh, establishing i think continuity mm-hmm. uh, but anyway so we go through this uh forest kingdom and we discover that the king is in fact a helpless baby robot yep. in a cradle who is then promptly murdered <laughs> this yep. game has it all robot orgies baby murder yep uh, everything i love in a game <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this baby is murdered by uh the third character on the box a2 yep. who we have not seen and we kind of have a we battle don't see with her. again for a while. <laughs> yeah, A2 is another Yorha unit, but she is deserted Yorha. Yeah, I don't know why it took me so a while. The you know the ones 2B and 9S, and she's A2. It took me a while to realize. Oh wait, the letter number placement are switched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why it took me so long. I felt bad with myself. And here's here's the interesting thing about Near. And uh, if you're listening to this spoiler cast, and you're like a really big i guess near head is what we'll call them yeah. uh and so you've probably read all the the, the side stuff you probably watched the uh, the stage plays we're not going to be talking about that because <laughs> we only have a certain amount of time also i have not read any of that but um a2 her backstory you can find i think it was kind of added into the game but you can find uh uh I guess like audio, not audio logs, but like text logs Mm -hmm. about her kind of backstory. But before the game even came out, there was a stage play about a two's backstory. Uh, It's some kingdom hearts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's yeah. You want to talk about like convoluted, (laughs) how to get your lore in a convoluted way. (laughs) At at least kingdom hearts is all in video games, but near you got to read books and watch stage plays and concerts. Uh, But yeah, so a two kills this baby. 
we, we kind of fight her briefly and then she pieces out never to be seen for like another 10 15 hours yeah <laughs> um but that's okay so when we get done with that little episode we go back and we the resistance is like hey there's an aircraft carrier that we run out in the ship out in the ocean mm-hmm. and uh we, it needs to be protected so they go to the coast to fight this um protect this aircraft carrier and then this giant leviathan-esque machine life form comes up from the ocean let's call it a whale yeah um it kind of yeah it kind of looks like a giant like eel in my opinion um but anyway so it destroys the aircraft carrier uh and then when it's destroyed it sends out an emp blast and 9s and 2b are separated yep and so uh 2b is looking for 9s and so she goes to the camp and she meets these two characters named devila and popola who are also from the original near okay uh and warning near they, near, they screamed importance <laughs> yeah original near spoilers incoming uh devila and popola are the leaders of the village in the original near they are mm-hmm. the ones kind of helping out the main character in that game at the very end of the game of the original near it is revealed that um they are actually androids mm. and that they they have been tasked with overseeing uh, the main plot to to near, uh, which we'll talk about a little later. But anyway, so are, are, sorry, are these of the year? Are these the same devil and popular models that were in here? Are these just same models, different? Same or? models, different people. Okay. Because you kill devil and popola in the original game. Okay. Because yeah. they try and stop you on your on your mission. So. And I know, I know. Sorry, this is kind of bouncing around. Oh, a little that's bit. okay. Um, so the ones in the original near were those the devil and Papa that they talk about later on that turn rogue, I guess. Yes. Okay. That that's what they are alluding to. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so when I saw them, I of course did not know that they were. I did not think that they were multiple devil and Popola androids. Mm-hmm. And so I saw those two, and I was like, "What? What <laughs> is going on?" <laughs> I did not trust them in the slightest. Uh, but they give 2B a special device that can help find 9S. And that, uh, that I think you could have bought beforehand or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, but anyways, so she finds that he is actually way down in the ground. And she goes down there and we are treated to this pristine white place that's called the Copied City. Mm-hmm. Which is really like, I, th- I think personally for me, like stepping out of that elevator into that city and just being like, whoa. Yeah. It is, is <laughs> surprising. It is a stark... I guess visual change and then the music kicks in and I love that area so much. So anyways, she goes to the city and she finds Adam who has abducted nine S and nine S or sorry, Adam is uh, he's obsessed with humanity, especially violence. Yeah. And he, he wants to feel closer to humanity. So he disconnects himself from the machine network, meaning that if he dies, he'll die for real. Um, and so him and Tubi fight. Tubi, of course, beats him, mm-hmm. and he is killed. Uh, and he kind of gets to feel, I guess, like the feeling of you know mortality and yeah, uh, pain, yeah, and probably fear and stuff like that. Yeah, as he dies, he says, you know, yeah. so dark, so cold. Um, anyway, so Tubi rescues Nine S. Nine S is undergoing repairs. Uh, and me, and then in the meanwhile, uh, Pascal, our friend from the village, asked Tubi to accompany her to make contact with these cultist machines in this, in the factory in the, mm-hmm. in the factory that we, um, that we went through in the very beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, which also, did you ever find your sword from the beginning? Wait, I found the, you mean the body? 
from the beginning? Yes. Of yeah, I did. Yeah. So I think I did um, it before yeah. that, maybe. Right. So it, you know, if you're playing through the game and when you die in the prologue, all your your large sword as well as all the plug-in chips, including that really useful auto heal chip, yeah, are on your body um, in the factory, and so that I, the game does a very interesting thing where not only do you realize that your character themselves, like you know, they're whenever you die you're like it's it's a it's not reloading your save you're respawning and you're going to see the actual body of mm-hmm. you that that died in that moment so it's, it's i think it's a very yeah interesting way to kind of you know emphasize how uh that that your that your body is not is expendable mm-hmm. and that it is um you know, it is a finite thing. And like when you're saving your game, you're actually uploading your data to the bunker, which can be redownloaded into a new body when you die. Yeah. Which so, is why whenever you save, you got to be at a bunker or around. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, that's, that's the thing that I also love about this game is how it, I think we, people get on games a lot for having a disconnect between like what is happening. You know, what's called ludo narrative dissonance. You know, we make jokes about how, you know, Nathan Drake it would be, a, would be a psychopath. He guns down a hundred guys in the level, and then he acts like a happy-go-lucky dude. Yeah. Uh, in the next scene, but uh, Yoko Taro's games really explore this, and they try as hard as possible to contextualize what is happening mm-hmm. gameplay-wise into the story. Yeah. Uh, Yoko Taro's original game, his first game, uh, Dr- uh, Dragon Dragoon or Drakengard in the West, um, his. He's kind of that game kind of really focuses on like if you killed as much as you would in most games, that character would be a lunatic. Nice. And that is what uh, the original Drakengard is probably the most miserable game in existence, where your main character, Kaim, who we'll talk about later, and we'll talk about the connections between that series and Nier, but he is, yeah, he becomes a bloodthirsty, like, sociopath. Uh, and, and the other characters in that original game are also. Uh, batshit insane uh it's a, it's a lovely game uh, it really i i really want to play that game but i'm also terrified because everyone everyone who's played it is like yeah this game is brilliant but it is it is uh torturous to play nice nice um yeah you don't see that often as far as that i guess yeah i don't know i could a recent example i didn't play it i got it on game pass now it was vampire vampire uh-huh. where it's kind of the more blood you suck, the more powerful you are, but and the more the townsfolk are suffering, right? You're killing important people's society, right, right, right. Um, but anyway, so to be and Pascal, they go to this machine cult, and when they go in, they they realize that the uh, that the, the head priest of this cult has died and yeah. ascended and so that calls all the other machines in this cult to we will kinda, become as gods yeah become as gods as they shout and they um they kind of turn on even in the song <laughs> yeah that's another thing is that how they i love the soundtrack to this oh, game the soundtrack so is amazing uh you can probably see now why i bought it on like vinyl of all things mm-hmm. um that uh, I, I need to i can't remember i need to look back i can't remember if, like game awards has soundtracks like between that and persona i can't remember who won if either did it was near and people okay. were really upset because they didn't play a single song from near during the game awards Dang. even though it won uh best soundtrack man i didn't even play the game yet by her so like i get it yeah yeah <laughs> song was my good thing going on that didn't play much like as long as one of these two i remember okay <laughs> yeah. um so anyways so the machines go crazy and 
2B tries to escape from the, from the factory with Pascal. And then 9S, who is in the bunker getting repairs, he yeah. comes in with the assist to help us out. He, t- he is kind of hacking into the factory network, taking control of machines, mm-hmm. and later helping 2B defeat the final boss in that area to, be, to get out of the factory. Yep. Uh, and so that happens. And then once the characters leave the factory, uh, the machine network goes crazy because even though we killed Adam, Eve is still out there. Yeah, and I think I remember this where they said like they were pretty much both connected to like half the network or something like that or whatever. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I think that's how they said it. Yeah. So Adam and Eve uh, are machine life forms, but they yeah. look like humans androids. or androids. Uh, and they are, like, yeah, central pillars in the machine network. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I guess, important. The way it functions is tied to them. Yeah, because I think I might be getting stuff out of order. I think I remember after you beat Adam, you when you go back to the village, talk to Pascal or someone, and she said, like, half of our people are now disconnected from the network or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and Adam, of course, who is the first one, he he's more independent, and Eve is very dependent on him. Yeah. Uh, he kind of Especially we see later in Route B when you cut to them yeah a yeah lot. yeah yeah route b as we'll get into kind of fleshes out some more of these background uh, yeah details. i like that yeah if we'll get to it route b flesh a lot of stuff that i was kind of like hmm, about in route a but i was like i, I know this will probably be covered yeah. yeah um yeah and so e of course losing the person that he looked to for direction kind of goes nutso as do the yeah. other machines and again he's, he's you know android all that kind of that kind of makes sense hey M's all I have, so kind of just screw everything. Yeah. Just let's revenge, nothing else matters. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so we, we go to the resistance camp because shit is going down, mm-hmm. and holy God, uh, we are treated to the image of these machines with these crazy looking mouths just devouring the androids in the village, mm-hmm. in the resistance camp. Um, so, anyways, 2B fights them off. 9S comes in to help wait, from the bunker. Wait, wasn't the devouring thing in. What's that later? That happens twice. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, so the we'll get to that. Stay tuned. Uh, but anyways, so 9S hacks into Eve. They're fighting Eve. He shows up. And 9S hacks into him so 2B can finally kill him to disconnect Eve from the network so they can kill him like they killed Adam before for mm-hmm. good. Uh, but unfortunately, when 9S does this, he's infected with a virus, which means that his data cannot be uploaded to the bunker and redownloaded into a new body. Mm-hmm. And so he asked 2B to kill him. And it's at this point that 2B breaks down sobbing and mm-hmm. strangles him. Uh, and she says a very peculiar line. Uh, it always ends like this. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, for the first time you're like, oh, huh? Like what, like what exactly? If you're not caught up in, I think, the emotions of that scene, it, it kind of raises some some eyebrows. Yeah. I mean, yeah I'm going to be honest, especially at this point in going through Route B, I was questioning like, Okay, I get why nine S likes two B, but you know because you only two B like nine S. Yeah, yeah, because you get some of that. It's like, how's it? How's this building up? Right. Like, like where did this come from? Yeah. So they didn't feel earned, and then stuff later is like, ah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this is a very like the way they did this, and we'll obviously get into it more. We go. It's very yeah. non-safe because stuff like that and the different endings. There are a lot of places where a lot of people who don't know about all the different things. they be like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you couldn't completely blame them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyways, so two B is break breaks down cause she killed nine S. Uh, but then it turns out that nine S actually survives by, uh, transmitting his data nearby the machines mm-hmm. when he hacked into Eve, uh, or when he was being held by Adam, yeah, yeah, yeah. part of his 
consciousness data was held in the network and so he was able to uh replicate himself or his data without uh without you know his real body being corrupted and then we are treated to ending a and so yeah. that's it that's the game uh now that, that was a fun 15 12 to 15 hour ride that's yep. it right nope uh-uh. no <laughs> um and so then we dive into route b and, and it, it really is unfortunate i think that a lot of people stop the game at the ending of a thinking mm-hmm. that was it yeah, oh i can even imagine some people are like oh, okay and then they start being like yeah you see where you're doing you're like nah <laughs> yeah so route b if you didn't know you get to play as 9s and they're like that's awesome and then you kind of realize that for like 80 percent of the game that you've seen so far, 9S and 2B yeah. are together and doing the same thing. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, I was kind of worried about that, but honestly, and it just might have been the way I did the game because I did a lot of the side quests that were available in Route A, and there are different ones that open up because you're 9S and um, Route B. I think it was bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going through it because there were multiple times through it. I'm like, oh yeah, they weren't together. There are definitely some times when they weren't together, or oh, they're together, but 9s did go off and do something different. So yeah, even while you're doing, it, you're you're getting a different side of it or something at the yeah. very least. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I'll admit, like the first time I played through this whole game, like Route B was definitely my least favorite part. Mm-hmm. But I think after playing it again and then preparing for the spoiler cast, I honestly like I my opinion on Route B has changed a lot. Um, not that I didn't like it in the first place, but I, I always thought of it as the low point of the game. But I think it does bring a lot, a lot of new things to the table. Not only just so playing as 9S. A at the very least. Yeah, not only playing as 9S, but the extra little cutscenes that we have. We get to see the dynamic between Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're treated to this very cryptic. Brother scene. Yeah, yeah. So the very beginning of the game, you know, you, you open up with this the standard robot standard enemy. machine life form you killed hundreds of them already. yeah that you've killed a ton and he's trying to repair his brother he's by like, pouring like oil on but, like, yeah. yeah and he moves so slowly and when you carry did you, did you trip over the pole that was on the ground i did not because i figured it happened i tried right after i got it because i saw i was walking so like i know i know i was probably gonna go i'm gonna try i tried jumping figuring how it's gonna like oh, okay i did go around the pole he's like I, I know that's purposely there for you to trip over, yeah. so you have to go the long way. Um, I totally tripped over it, and so when he does that, like the, the bucket spills everywhere, and you gotta go, you gotta get the bucket, and you gotta go back and get the <laughs> oil. And like, I understand people being frustrated with that, but it is so yeah, I mean, like storytelling <laughs> through gameplay of just like this is suffering, like this is an yeah, awful. I, I don't. I, I think it it wasn't too long time, I but I ended up having to read multiple times getting a B because I don't know if you remember this part. You can technically get a different. You can get a different ending at the very beginning of Route B. Yeah, because yeah. you because I was completely not sure where to go. I just went. Oh, I was like, you go this way. I did. And it's like, <laughs> oh, 9S decided he wanted to learn more robots, so he went away and never seen again. Blah blah blah. Scroll down. I think it was like ending G, and that's when I was like, I knew there were most other endings. Like, oh, okay, so this is how they're doing all the other endings. And then one of the ones where it's like, those motherfuckers are have like. Endings A through Z, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So A through E, are those are all the main story endings. But then if you deviate from the objectives at certain parts, yeah, uh, you get uh, you get these, you know, fun little um, uh, non-canon endings. Yeah. And some of them are really funny and some of them are really, really I just might, dark. I'm probably just going to end up YouTubing the Yeah, that's the way to do it. Because, like, uh, just going to multiple parts and leaving at these certain parts, I'm going to be looking online, training my sister reading. It's like, eh, that sounds too tedious. 
I think my favorite one is at some point playing as 2B, you can like just leave the area that you're not supposed to. Yeah. And I think like, you do that multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. And two, it's like 2B decided to give up on her quest and just have a life of fishing. Nice. I was like, yeah, that's probably the happiest ending. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, in Rappi, you're playing as 9S, and 9S is different from 2B in one major way in that he um, he has a hacking mechanic. Like the hacking. You, and yeah. 2B had. Two weapons where square was light, attack. light and then triangle was heavy. 9S, you replaced the heavy weapon with the hacking. Yes. And so what did you think of the hacking mechanic? I liked it. I liked it more as the game went on. I didn't. I used. I ended up using it a good bit more once you got to the CD ending, especially since you really only had 9S for a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I enjoyed the hacking mechanic a lot. A lot of people don't, and I think it's kind of like a love it or hate it sort of thing. It was fun. But... Damn, does it like do do some damage? Uh, yeah. yeah, like uh, I mean, and it's a lot fast. I mean, it's a lot faster in a lot of cases when, especially with the small robot, especially when you're 9s, you can make you know you use on one, it could take no more than five to ten seconds. They blow up and get da- damage pretty heavily any surrounding enemy. Yeah, and the thing that I like the most about the, the hacking mechanic and just seeing the whole route A from 9s's perspective is that it really fleshes out his character. And as for a character who is introduced really as the sidekick mm-hmm. uh, to 2B, you really start to realize that he, you start to realize like the, how being the sidekick kind of sucks. Yeah. And also just how much work that he does. Because you yeah, want, yeah. Cause you want uh, to think about like that hacking mechanic being present in route A of him, of that character doing that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying earlier when it's like, I didn't realize like how much different stuff they were doing. Like, how much it kind of deviated some, um, because yeah, I didn't real I didn't really think about it until Ralphie. Oh yeah, he went off and did hacking a lot. Yeah, like on the side, because normally in a lot of games, especially when you have a, uh, um, NPC partner character or whatever, they're just kind of doing it like, eh, nothing to it. But while they're just doing this for effects and all stuff, like, oh no, there's actually gameplay significance. You just don't realize it until yeah, figure it or learn about it till later. Yeah, and I think they first show off like that hacking mechanic. I think during the Simone boss in the amusement park. I think that's the main one. Yeah, yeah and you're just like, what, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, and you're learning more about her and all that stuff and the significance of why she's dressed that way and the stuff with the androids. Other than hey, we just wanted a cool boss design. Yeah, yeah. Um, which um. And, and like I said, like the story really, Route B really follows what happens Route A. Going back to that options setup in the very beginning on the bunker, yeah, which is the oh, I yeah. love that part so much. Just, so looked, yeah, I know where you're going. I was, I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you want to explain it? Yeah. So what happens? Um, when you're when you like we said, um, in Route A, when you're two B, you're setting up your option thing. I don't think we said this part. Nine S is kind of leading you through it, mm-hmm. and. I noticed during the first time, I think there was like a little recording thing at the top, right? Or they said they were recording. I was like, like a okay. camera. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that's kind of strange. And it kind of yeah. stood out to me. Like, and then, yeah, when you're route B and you're 9S and you're going through with 2B, they're actually just showing you the clip of when you were, or you're 9S, blah, blah, when you were 2B and going through the option thing. So when you're, when you were kind of sitting around trying to figure out that you're watching yourself, they're like, Oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So you better hope to God you did not get up in the middle of that to go get a snack. Cause you're going to be sitting there for like five, 10 minutes. However long it took you to, I didn't try. Could you skip menu. that? Or um, fast forward or something. I, that, I, I feel know. like that's kind of one of those things. Your guitar would be like, uh, uh-uh, you're sitting through it. This, this, this is your fault. Yeah. 
So don't go don't go to the bathroom just <laughs> on route A. Um, but anyways, story continues like normal. But we're again we're treated to these different scenes. Uh, the one that I want to talk about the most would be I think the Simone character, mm-hmm. the boss that you fight in the amusement park. And so we realize that she was a your average machine life form, and she is infatuated with another machine that you've probably already met in the village called Jean Paul. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yes. I don't know why I, I did the whole Jean Paul thing in route um, A, but I guess I didn't make the. I can't remember if I made that connection about that was Jean Paul. Yeah. So she, she is pining about. for Jean Paul's affection, but Jean Paul is a fucking asshole. He is an asshole. Um, <laughs> and Fuck so him. she she goes through these very extreme lengths to modify herself to make herself seem beautiful to him, which again, like I mentioned before is diving into Simone, the real Simone Beauvoir's philosophy. Mm -hmm. And a fun little fact, uh, Jean Paul is of course a reference to Jean Paul Sartre, who Mm. is another existentialist philosopher. Yeah. I think that's one of the philosophers you sent me. So yeah, I saw those names and everything about the um, Simone being the yeah, feminist or whatever. Yeah. And uh, the Simone Beauvoir and Jean Paul Sartre, these real characters actually had a real world relationship. Yeah. Uh, but it was actually the other way around. Uh, Jean-Paul Sartre was actually really envious of Simone Beauvoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a very he he had very uh, poor I, I think self esteem. He kind of thought mm-hmm. of himself as ugly. But anyways, um, so and th- there's a great line where when, when the the Simone the robot is kind of talking about her modifying herself, which is like she says, and this, this is all white background, just text. Uh, which is the thing that I love in Nier, where it's mm-hmm. just kind of just using plain backgrounds and text to kind of relay very powerful pieces of information. But she's saying, um, I look at myself in the mirror, I see my meaningless self, and I scream. Mm-hmm. Which is, that line just gets me every time, because it's it really just stabbing at the whole existentialist philosophy, which is concerned about, you know, how do we, you know, what is consciousness, what is authentic- authenticity, and uh, yeah, just really, uh, I, I think thought provoking. And again, as the real Simone Beauvoir said, yeah, you know, women are kind of men adjacent. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, you know, we think of man and we think of all these human traits, and then we think of women and we think of them yeah, with the, all these, yeah, all these characteristics that because, are not man. Yeah, because people who don't know, yeah, Simone looks the most quote unquote human out of all of them. Like she's yeah. the most after a beautiful woman with a. A dress made of android, uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> corpses. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, and she's talking about. I think there's parts where she's talking about. Uh, and I know that I think if you played this game, you're like, oh, this is a very minor thing. But I think this this one little story really encap- encapsulates some of the deeper themes of this game. And she's talking about, uh, you know, consuming other machines and androids. Yeah, I was remember, like, she did talk about consuming them, right? <laughs> yeah, and feeling like nauseous, which I yeah. think kind of ties back to the existentialist term of nausea and that is realizing that you know this is a meaningless world that Mm -hmm. that um which i guess we should just get into it the whole idea of the main tenet of existentialism and you could dive into nihilism and that's the idea that there is no greater being giving our lives meaning or purpose there is no you know god or god does not give us purpose there are no intrinsic moral values that are just some you know they're like, you know, math equations in the universe yeah. giving us our, you know, human nature. None of that exists. It's all our own construction. And ultimately, you know, this is a meaningless world, but it is up to us to give ourselves meaning. Mm-hmm. And that is called the, the, the burden of freedom that we are cursed 
in our freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of people, when they think of existentialism and nihilism, they, they think of the, you know, the very kind of edgy teenager on the internet being like, Oh, nothing matters in this yeah. world. <laughs> uh, but actually a lot of them thought that, you know, nihilism while true was a problem and that was something to be overcome mm-hmm. that while that wallowing in meaninglessness and having depression over that, that that was something that we needed to, we need to work in our lives and find meaning and not live in what Jean-Paul Sartre said was, was bad faith, which was the idea of using our freedom to say that we didn't have any freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and, and I think even the, uh, the end game Jean-Paul says a famous quote from him, which is um, uh, existence uh, precedes essence, which is the idea that we are, we are born and we are created into this world and then we later retroactively we give ourselves meaning versus the other way around which mm-hmm. um is that like a he used the example of like a knife so you know we, we make a knife because we need to cut something so it's essence precedes its existence but humans yeah. are humans and as we learn androids are not the same mm-hmm. existence pre- precedes essence so that's a little philosophy 101 for the day <laughs> um <laughs> um and there's there's another cut scene where um, talking about the machines finding treasures, which is a very abstract way of talking about meaning and purpose. So for the machines in Pascal's village, it could be family, um, you know, it could be community, yeah, brother, sister. Yeah. Uh, for Adam, it would be hatred. Uh, different things like that. I guess for the machines in the amusement park, it could be fun. Mm-hmm. So the machines, uh, you know that we were first introduced in the very beginning of the game about how they, you know, they are just these mindless mach- killing robots. Obviously by the end of a, we realize that that is not the truth, that they are very human. They have emotions and ideas. Uh, and then this, this is kind of diving more into that about how they, the machines themselves, I guess, since they've killed their alien overlords, they're kind of looking to humans as a God mm-hmm. and, and, and being inspired by what it means to be human and kind of adopting different, you know, humanistic characteristics, history, philosophy, um, methods of government. So feudalism, you know, kind of a peaceful communal village or a cult, uh, all different things. And this is what really route B kind of dives into route A is just set up yeah. and route B is like, okay, let's, let's fill this stuff yeah, in. For let's, you. let's fill it in. Um, sorry, I went on that tangent for a long time. That's all good. But um, good really, Route B diverges when 9S is abducted by Adam after that, that battle with the uh, Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how, like how quickly that was in comparison. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so, of course, 9S was abducted by Adam. He's being held in the machine network. And that's where he makes some key discoveries, which I've kind of talked about just a second ago, that uh, machines are deliberately in- imitating humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, machines are also doomed to repeat mistakes that they never learn. Uh, and, it definitely comes back later, I believe. Yeah, and uh, Adam is there in the network, and he starts talking with 9S, kind of hinting at some of 9S's deeper emotions and feelings. And then he drops another very famous line from this game, <laughs> which is, uh, you're thinking about how much you want to bleep 2B right now, aren't you? That's so guitar talking to the player. <laughs> um, it could be. And so, obviously, when we read this, our, the first word that comes to mind is fuck. Because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think when you continue on the game and you kind of think about some of the information that is revealed, 
It could also mean kill. And so that is a little little something to chew on about what that yeah, I think our gut reaction would be the, the word would be, haha, Ninos wants the fuck to be, but yeah. it's more complicated than that. Uh, but anyways, 2B rescues 9S. He's recovering in the bunker and he's syncing his data with the bunker as he finishes up repairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he discovers something weird going on mm-hmm. and he, he looks into it and he... Something not supposed to. Yeah, he starts digging into files in the server, in the Yorha server that he's not supposed to be looking into mm-hmm. and he discovers that humanity has been dead for a long for a time. Long time before the, the aliens even came to the Earth. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that Yorha's job is to kind of keep that a secret to perpetuate the myth that humanity is on the moon. Um, and so before that kind of really, before that I think can really sink in, we're treated to the final act of Route A. 9S has to go help 2B fight off Eve. Uh, he, or, he's, or he's actually hacking into the factory to help, sorry, her escape the factory. Yep, you you become a bunch of robots. You get to play around with them. Yeah, uh, which is a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also are, we also when you're kind of going to the factory network, you can find these uh, reports called Project Gestalt. Did you find any of those in that part? Uh, yes, I definitely have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I definitely found some. I can't remember if I found all of them. Though. I can't remember. Yeah. Did they, Did they make any sense to you? I can't remember what all they said. <laughs> okay. So all right. So brace yourselves. Near spoilers. Near original spoilers incoming. Yeah, I know they talk about this later with the with the twins. So, the original near, I you know I feel okay. If, you, if you're listening to this, just hang on for a second. We'll go back to near automata. Yeah. But um, so as I mentioned before, Yoko Taro's first game, Drakengard, has a joke ending. That that game also right. has multiple endings. So his ending E in the original Drakengard, which came out in like 2003, is uh, the main character Kaim and his dragon. They are fighting an evil god, and they are transported to real-world, modern-day Tokyo. Nice. And they have a battle over Tokyo where he kills the god, and then he he and his dragon are shot down by the Japanese Air Defense Force. <laughs> uh, fast forward seven years later to Nier, and that game is actually following that joke ending from the original <laughs> Drakengard. So I'm sure for a lot of people it was like, or it wasn't set up as like a follow up or anything really, right? No, yeah. It was one of those things of, hey, it's a, another Yokotaro game, but you play it and you find out, oh, it is connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And then people just was like, they, <laughs> it's con- not all, not only is it connected, it's using what we all thought was the joke ending. Yeah. Is that's the canon one? Yeah. So there is so much like deep lore that you can dive into on this. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. Basically what happened is that when the main character from Drakengard one and his dragon died in the real world, mm-hmm. they, they brought with them magic and, uh, and they also brought with them a kind of plague that plagued mm-hmm. humanity. And so that was killing, that was wiping out civilization. And so humanity was like, we have a problem. And so we're going to use this magic that was also brought over to separate humanity's souls from their human bodies. And so we're going to keep those pretty much those souls in storage until the plague is gone. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to put those souls back into artificial bodies called replicants, a lot kind of like the replicants from Blade Runner. Yeah. So, um, and we're going to build androids to kind of oversee what's going on to also fight, uh, 
dive, diving into there there's um there's also like a war going on between mm-hmm. extra dimensional forces it gets nutty but uh <laughs> you don't need to worry they're about like an that. acid trip yeah so they're making androids to not over oversee this project because you know humanity is going to be gone but also to fight the problems that are going on mm-hmm. anyways so fast forward a few thousand years to the original near and it turns out that the character that you've been playing as the whole time is uh, is actually again a replicant not a real human mm-hmm. and the person that he's been fighting against is called, called the most well the most video game of video game villain titles he's the shadow lord ah, yes. but uh he is he is actually the kind of a lot like adam is to the machine network he kind of is that to the human souls and it actually turns out that the the monsters you've been fighting the whole game in the original near are the souls of humanity who have ah. gone crazy because as the replicants gain their own personality their own personal history their own identity and it starts to diverge from their original souls mm. uh then the the souls go crazy and that also kind of causes the soul the replicants to quote relapse which is kind of like a disease type thing anyways so the main character in his quest to save his daughter uh ends up killing the the, the central person or soul behind all the other souls and at the end of the year, you pretty much doom humanity to extinction. Nice. Uh, all Happy your, All in your selfish <laughs> quest to save your own uh, daughter. Mm. Um, so that's what happens. And so hum- you, all the replicants die out. All the, hum- all the human souls are doomed to kind of go crazy and then disappear. Uh, not a pleasant ending. No. And so that is what the Project Gestalt is hinting at. And that is also why humans are gone and why the androids kind of need to have the myth that humans are still on the moon mm-hmm. are out there because uh, they, I mean, without it, it's kind of like that crippling discovery that again, talking about the whole existentialist themes that there is no God, there is no greater purpose. Humans aren't there to give these androids something to fight for. Cause if they beat the machine, so what? Like their creators, they're the things that gave them that define their existence no longer is around mm-hmm. and has never been. So for thousands of years, um, so that is that is pretty much the the big connection to uh, to the first near, uh, and we also start seeing these weird characters kind of appearing as well. We'll get more to that and to see. Um, but to quote the commander from from the um, from the bunker, mm-hmm. uh, she kind of approaches Nine S because she knows that he found out about humanity not being alive. Not so slick there, Nine S. Yeah, yeah. She's like, you <laughs> left. So much information on the server. Yeah. <laughs> you were not slick at all. She says, uh, no one fights without a reason. We need a god worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So the ending kind of continues from a lot like uh, Route A. You know, 9S helps to be fight off the, uh, the, uh, the Eve and the machines. Uh, and then, and then, um, then we go on to Route C. Yeah. So... And then I think the smart thing about Route C is that it, it doesn't pretend to kind of be another... It, it kind of shows you almost kind of like a trailer, like what is going to happen yeah. in, in the third <laughs> act. Yeah, I think what I said to uh, Darby when I finished this kind of non-spoiler because I think I've said this during the regular podcast because I don't think it's us. It's pretty well known at this point that, you know, there are multiple endings in Nier and the first A and B are similar, so... Said at the end that 
yeah, the once you get done with B, yeah, it's pretty much like a new it's trailer for a new game, and it felt like a new game. You're starting a, like a second game or something, or like a trilogy or something when you start C. Yeah. Um, and so we dive into Route C, which uh, is, again, like a direct follow-up to what happened in Routes B and A. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll actually go back for a second to kind of start talk about some of the side quests, if you want. Sure. Um, you did the mackerel one. Was that involve yeah. the uh, the arena fighting for Jackass? Like, Yeah, I think... Yeah, what happened was you did all those, and then she said, "Hey, come back later. I got, I got something else to show you." Or you get an email or something. She gives you the math It's like, "Yeah, this, you know, this could cause weird effects." And then you eat it. It's like, oh, my body's shutting down, but it tastes so good. Yeah, like mackerels are like hemlock to to the androids. But um, there, she says a line in that about her kind of discovery of like the combat data of mm-hmm. androids is very. Again, kind of is teasing towards some of the later revelations, and and she says that uh, you know androids or the Yorha units at least they they find uh, pleasure in combat. Yeah, uh, you you can make that kind of like almost like sexual pleasure pleasure, but anyways, like they find the combat exhilarating. And if you want to get really meta, you could say that uh, that the combat in Nier is so satisfying because it is directly. Uh, kind of paralleling the the feeling that the androids get uh, through combat in the mm-hmm. game. It's so kind of like the joy that you're feeling playing Nier, which I think it plays very well, uh, very fluid and and, and uh, a lot of fun, is kind of in line with the feeling that the androids are also receiving in the game by fighting the machines. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's another side quest where you, you find a android... Who uh, she lost her memories? Did you do this one in the in the building? And you go, you find the memories. Yeah, and then she turns out. You know, wait, she she said that she was looking for her friend, a friend of hers. Yeah, it wasn't the one. That she, yeah, her friend died, or there was some memory chips or something. And yes, yeah, and yeah, it turned out she killed her. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, but, yeah, that's one. yeah. And she she reveals you see that, Jack again. I think yeah, that. she reveals that uh, she is a Type E. e executioner mm-hmm. type so we we realize that you know yorha has these group of androids that are there to kind of kill off any other androids that might dig a little deeper mm. so that'll come back later i, mm. I love that detail <laughs> um and then the last one did you do the wandering couple i think they were the, the two people yes, in the yes, machine village one, yeah i did i know yeah that one was i realized because I didn't know when the A was going to end or how all that was exactly going to work at the time. So I ended up doing most of that. Yeah. And then I started Route B. And it's like, oh, I start all over. Yeah. Which, I mean, it wasn't bad. Yeah. So at the end of that of that side quest, the Wandering Couple, um, we we find that I think the the lady of the pair, a man and a woman, yeah. that she has been, I think, wiping her partner's memory Multiple times. Yeah. I forgot why. <sighs> Was it like she just didn't want, she didn't like him, or like she just wanted to get rid of him? Uh, I can't remember exactly. I don't think it was necessarily like that. I think it was from a like caring standpoint. I think right. Well, the the big reason, uh, the big thing about that is um, that no matter how many times she erases her partner's memories, he keeps falling in love with her. He keeps yeah. doing the same thing over and over again. 
which is very similar to what the machines do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's interesting, also, I'm kind of really and hinting maybe someone at, else like we know if I understood things correctly. Which yeah. we'll get to later. And you, you know, Two B is a very stoic character. She doesn't say a lot, but she usually offers like a quip or two here and there mm-hmm. uh, when you do different side quests. Uh, and and Nine S does a lot of the talking, but in this one, she is dead silent. Yeah, does not say anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, again, we're we're gonna. We're, I'm really hinting at it, uh, but um, oh, yeah, I kind of want to save that to the very. It's kind of a funny thing. Um, I played. This is like a very off topic. I just thought about it. It's kind of funny. Um, I played Danganronpa V3 right before this, mm-hmm. and I was like, I reckon. Like I wasn't really thinking about Danganronpa at the time when I started this. Like I recognize that voice actress for 2B for sure. I looked it up. She played one of the um characters from Danganronpa V3. Okay, and. I'm just partly showing this because it's funny how similar they actually look. <laughs> it's like, yep, she has a type. Um, also, the the character for A2, uh, she voices Makoto from Persona 5. Wait, wait, who did you say? Uh, A2, the the character, the voice actor oh, for her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I played near after I played Persona. Um, oh yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's really on the point. Uh, go look at this character. Yeah, Kurumi Toho from Danganronpa 3 and. Try your best if you're interested in Rappa to not look too far into stuff because then you'll see spoilers. Right. And Dangarappa's a game you don't want to know anything of going on. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and just to kind of go back to the whole 2V monologue since we're kind of talking about the, the philosophy and some of the things. Her saying, you know, you know, I, I wonder about the god who blessed us with this cryptic puzzle. Will we have mm-hmm. the chance to kill him? And the answer is no because he has been dead. Yeah. Humanity has been dead for a long, uh, long time. But uh, anyways, so... Commander's your goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we'll find out in Route C, that will not be around for too long yeah. either. <laughs> uh, so Route C, pretty much because they destroyed Adam and Eve, it's like, okay, well, let's take the offensive now. Let's try and Both make the a... machines, yeah, yeah. Aliens are dead. The, I guess what you would call the two commanding machines are dead. Yeah. As far as they know. So uh, Ninus and 2B are kind of doing different things at this point. Ninus has not had a chance to tell 2B that humanity is dead. Yeah. Um, and during the battle, 2B and the other kind of battle uh, Yorha units are surrounded by a bunch of machines. Yeah, they teaming up with some of the Yorha things. I'm glad they didn't do their typical video gamey thing of if if some or too many of your allies go, you fail. Yeah, <laughs> but they yeah. just they're just dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it feels really bad when they die too. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you feel worse, uh, really soon after that. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, these machines surround 2B and the other Yorhar units. They deploy an EMP blast kind of mm-hmm. from earlier uh, during the aircraft mission uh, and they're knocked out. 9S sees this. He goes in to help uh, and uh, he has to protect them. And I love this battle so much because they're deploying uh, attacks, the machines that mess with the yeah. visuals. Yeah, up the... Up until that point, you were I was getting recover items that's something about where, where your senses and stuff. Like, what is this referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like it. It doesn't take till the beginning after you technically beat the game twice in a way that, oh, there's new gameplay and status effects on that stuff. Yeah. Although I don't think it, they happen that crazy often after this fight. Yeah, it was, it's very rare, but the, the blindfolds that these Yorha units are wearing are wearing are heads-up displays. Mm-hmm. And so the things that you are seeing in the game as a player are reflective of that heads-up display. So yeah. when the machines are messing with the with the 
with the the androids and what they see that's also distorting mm-hmm. color it's distorting like what you can do there's a few times where you like you can't take attack. a yeah whether it's be from your physical weapons or your your gun whatever little turt dude yeah um but anyway so Ninus protects 2b she gets back up and it turns out that the uh the other Yorha units have been infected with a virus. Yeah, and, and so, so it was two B, I believe, but Nine S kind of hacks that out. Yeah, yeah, he does that. Um, but they're pretty much the the battle has turned. Instead of fighting against machines, now Nine S and Two B have to fight against their very own Yorha units, mm-hmm. and it gets really dire. And so they kind of do a thing that mirrors the very beginning of the game, where they touch the black boxes, uh, which is kind of houses their all their data. Yeah, um, kind of powers them. But they do send. They do send the data up before that happens. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So they, they blow themselves up, but they, again, they re-download themselves back into new bodies, back on the bunker. They try and tell the commander what happened, and the virus like, falls. Why'd you leave? Yeah. Uh, How we know you're not infected? And then everyone was infected, like, oh, so you're not infected. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the virus follows them back to the bunker, Yep. and shit hits the fan. You know, all these, you, you end up fighting all the operators in the control room. Yep. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember their names. Do hmm. uh, six O six definitely in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you fight um, I can't forget nine S's operator. Uh, Twenty one O. Yeah, yeah, she'll yeah. come back later. Yeah. Um, I know mean, it's something we didn't mention during route A and route B. I kind of like how you learn more about the operators during each yeah. one. Uh, that also was something that helped um make route A and route B's different since you were looking at it from. 2B or 9S's thing, and you're talking to those operators more. You see how they did or and see how they kind of evolved or whatever during their side quest stuff, for example. Um, 21-0. Um, yeah, her... her um, I the think whole mem- family yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, at that point, she kind of saw 9S like a little brother or child or something. Yeah, we'll definitely it, get to that later because that, that, that is very important. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so the, the commander is also infected and she has to be left behind and... Yeah. Retreat to this great <laughs> credits scene, this like introductory credit scene. Oh yeah, I was like, oh, we're doing the opening credits. We're, we're doing this again. <laughs> um, as the bunker's blowing up, yeah, uh, 9S and 2B are crashing back to Earth. Yep. Uh, thing, yeah, Yorha is gone. Um, yeah, there are a couple strag other than 2B and 9S. Right. Of course, there are a couple stragglers you kind of see on there, mostly for side quests. Yes, there. but um, pretty much. And what was supposed to be Yorha taking the initiative against the machines has now completely backfired, and now yeah, they are and, doomed. Yeah, and then it's the whole thing. It kind of ups the stakes in a way. It, well, definitely ups the stakes for a 9 and 2 It's like, oh, there's no reviving. There's yeah. no doing any of that stuff. You can't do that whole bike box thing and be okay. <laughs> yeah, and like all of a sudden, these characters are kind of faced with their own like mortality, Yeah, uh, which I, I love. But anyways, 2B, 2B and 9 are separated. And uh, 2B realizes that she is infected with yeah. the virus, and there is no backing up her data. Uh, she so she um, she asks her pod to find a place where she can go, pretty much die mm-hmm. without infecting other androids. And I I love this section so much when mm-hmm. she is because you start off in the flooded city area and you have to make you have to go like halfway across the map. Yeah, <laughs> um, most of it. Yeah, uh, I I love this section because it, in a way it's awful, yeah, but brilliant. Yeah, it was very stressful going for that because I ended up um falling. Did you fall in, in the hole? Yeah, I fall in the hole. I didn't know Down that, that was intentional hole. or what. Yeah, but I ended, I ended up going through. I was like, 
Oh no! I, I, Sorry, I had to get especially since for a lot of it, it takes away your ability to, to really jump. run and jump and stuff. So it's like, oh no, am I gonna make it? Yeah, I barely made. It. Yeah, it's based off of your location. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I found that hole too. I think that's intentional. Okay. Because <laughs> you're supposed to feel like the suffering and the pain and just how like how to be must feel in this moment. Yeah, you're gonna get a bunch of robots chasing you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she makes her way to the shopping area where we met Emil for the first time. Yeah, she's right outside and, that. Yep. And she's surrounded by the corrupted Yorha units. But who comes to her rescue? A2, A2. baby. Uh, and so Tubi uh, imparts her memories into her sword, which I'm not exactly sure how that works. I guess just think of it as like a giant USB stick. Yeah, and does the whole thing with the pod like, yo, A2's the owner now. Yes, and so she hands over her sword to A2 and ask a2 to kill her mercifully meanwhile 9s is looking for 2b he detects her signal Mm -hmm. he goes to her he's crossing the bridge and what does he see but a2 stabbing 2b right through the chest yep and then she turns and looks at him and goes oh nines which is um what he wanted her to call her for for the whole time and I, I love this section so much because you mm-hmm. just, whoever voice acted 9S did such a good job. Yeah, I ended up looking because I know that voice sounded fam- like his voice sounded familiar. But then I looked up like, oh, he has really hasn't voiced much. Or I don't think any, he's kind of a newer voice he's, actor. I, yeah, he, in that moment, 9S just loses it because, I mean, not only did he find out that humanity, his God, more or less, did not exist. Yeah, and then right afterwards, and the whole, whole, hey, we're kind of, kind of a more or at least can come back. Well, that's gone. Yeah. And then literally right after that, he sees the person. Per, one of the only people who really care about the person Carol's the most get killed. Yeah. Like, well, she can't come yeah, back. Yeah, the, the only other remaining thing that really gives his life meaning is now gone. Yeah. And we can see someone just being horribly and violently thrown into existential crisis yeah and um and yeah and then from from here on out it's just a slow descent of ninus into like madness yeah then right after that yeah when night is going across the bridge towards them kind of running screaming whatever the bridge collapses yes and then i'll find it funny right after you get gang control of a2 again it's back yeah yeah like, right <laughs> um well two weeks oh, no 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 Never mind. Yeah, that was in that scene. Don't don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that was also in the tower. Yeah. yeah so yeah. also this tower just comes out of the ground out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I assume it's coming from the copied city. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. And oh. we're treated to the credit scene again, or like the uh, title title splash, yeah. <laughs> and like hour twenty six. Yeah. Or like, even game. a couple hours. It feels like at least in in this route. Yeah. Um, Thing. Um, so, and then uh, was it here when it started with the whole the pods nine s's and i guess a two's now pod communicating back and yeah. forth and trying to take data and you know this starts we kind of got hints of it this is when it really started hey they're getting the pods are also getting emotions yeah yeah <laughs> so that happens i think all the way back in route b yeah uh just these the two, the two pods who do you know all your shooting and pod functions who mm-hmm. are just kind of tools to you they they are also communicating with each other in this light nebulous space and they're mm-hmm. trading data back and forth on what is happening in the game. Yeah, and at this point it's hey, you can control A2 or 9S and you can choose which one. Yeah. You can do. So yeah. but 
obviously it's one of those things I didn't know. I wasn't going to look out of curiosity. I didn't know it was going to be a thing of, hey, if you go too far in one direction, you close off stuff in the other one direction. That's not no. the case. I, you know, didn't know. I just went back and forth starting with A2 since I haven't played her yet. So it's like, let's, yeah. start, let's start with the new person and just went back and forth from there. Yeah. And A2 plays a lot like 2B, but there are a few oh, yes. key differences. She can go berserk. Yeah. Uh, and an interesting thing I like about A2, who has uh, deserted uh, Yorha years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I guess we could kind of talk about the backstory of A2. Pretty much she was like uh, one of the early Yorha prototypes. Yeah. Uh, there was a battle involving her and her squad, which also involved an enemy who was the leader of the resistance camp mm-hmm. and other characters who, uh, and this is also talked about in one of those stage plays. Uh, so they, they go to fight a machine network on in like Hawaii. It goes really, really bad. And uh, A2 pretty much discovers, she she's presumed to be dead, but she discovers that the big revelation that humanity is dead. And so she has been kind of living in this existential crisis uh, for several years now. She uh, Her design is very, almost like a wild kind of look to her. Like she's barely wearing any clothes. Yeah, and uh, even the, like the little black marks on like her arms and her legs, that's not clothing. That's actually where her artificial skin has rubbed away. Yeah, yeah, I figured that was the case. Uh, which I, I, is like, it's such a. I think a, I love her design a lot in, in mm-hmm. that regards. Um, but so, and she is again kind of going back to the idea of using her freedom to uh, take away her freedom or to make the excuse like she's not living authentically. So she she realizes that humans don't exist, but she's living in denial of that. And so she's on this like single-minded mission to destroy all to machines, destroy all machines uh, which I, you know, I guess you could argue that like that's kind of like a very, I, I guess, flimsy or like one-dimensional motivation. But mm-hmm. I think that's the point that yeah. how how she is living in denial, you know, she's constructing this very poor kind of reason for living. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this kind of leads to something because, um, during A 2s part in Route C, she kind of goes in a way a similar path of two B and nine S, where she meets Pascal and all that kind of yeah. stuff, and she learns, she kind of learns, um, that hey, androids aren't necessarily all bad and stuff. But it, this crosses my mind in both, um, two, you know, the routes, well, all three of the main routes, pretty much of. So it seems like they've at least done this stuff for a while. So they've never met machines that were not killers before this point. It just happened to be right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what do you like? What do you, can you explain? Like with with this is more of an A two thing, but like with two B and stuff, they're like all machines are bad, and then they suddenly meet kind of Pascal and stuff, and then they suddenly meet a whole bunch of kind of robots and a lot of, kind of stuff, just kind of all at once, just kind of randomly. Right. Um. I- uh, Honestly, I feel that way more of A2 because she's been traveling around herself for a while. Yeah. So it's kind of like, so she never passed really by Pascal or met. Yeah. Oh, here's oh, yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. with It's a small nitpicky thing, yeah. but it just kind of stood out to me. Uh, I, I know we're kind of really going through this game and, and going into a lot of the minutia, but really it's kind of, we're just kind of using that to kind of die. I think dive into the more interesting parts of the game and some mm-hmm. of the deeper themes. But Yoko Taro has talked about this where you know, he he does not consider his stories, like the plot by plot points and the fine details to really be important. Mm-hmm. It's more, but he's more, and he's talked about this in conversations like GC and that sort of thing where he is more interested in communicating with the player and making the player feel emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
uh, to answer your question. I get it. Yeah, really don't, don't think about it. It yeah. just kind of stood out. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like even like the broader th- like lore of Nier, it's like eh, there's parts that don't really make a lot of sense. But yeah. it's I mean, it's one of those things. Video games. I mean, there's a lot of context and stuff for a lot of things you do. But then there's the whole thing of hey, no matter which character you're playing, anytime you have the same level on weapons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's like don't like that's not the point of the game. Yeah, yeah. Almost like it's not. So like I guess you can argue with the pod chips or whatever. Pods are trading data or whatever. That I guess is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so again, you can play as A2 or 9S. I think we'll just talk about A2's kind of story up okay. until they get to the tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, A2 meets Pascal because she's kind of just like, I want to fight robots. And also, we should mention that uh, 2B's pod is now assigned to A2. Yeah, and then they have kind of little funny remarks or yeah. whatever. It's like, <laughs> I am programmed to, you know, say this message to you every couple seconds until you comply or whatever. Yeah. They're talking about. Uh, the pod calls are stupid at some point. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, um, <laughs> So she's like, I just want to destroy machines. And so they, they kind of go on that. But she eventually goes back to the resistance camp because she, she sustained battle during the boss fight against Hegel, who is who is a philosopher, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> incoming boss battle with Hegel. <laughs> um, which I should mention that uh, a lot of the bosses and a lot of the machine characters, when you first, you have like a data log. Yeah. Like a, um, and, and at Route B, like their names are this, you know, you intelligible script but in route b they're translated and so you realize that the leader of the machine cult his name is kierkegaard as in soren kierkegaard the leader of the um the feudal machines in the in the forest is uh kant as in emmanuel kant uh all these are big famous philosophers who are tied to uh, existentialism mm-hmm. i think my favorite is the the big goliath machines or marx and engel as in Karl Marx and Friedrich Engel, who are the mm-hmm. authors of the Communist Manifesto. And so they're ironically embodying these industrial uh, machines where the proletariat would labor again in yeah. for the bourgeois. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoy because it, it is kind of taking these philosophers and their their main philosophical arguments and kind of using them in ironic ways. Yeah. Um, um, oh yeah, it's something we didn't, I think it was, in, yeah, this happened in Alpi. Something we didn't mention, go back to the Forest King. We learned why the, the guy's a baby. <laughs> yeah, so the the king died, and they transferred his data into a baby form, uh, assuming that it would grow up into another king, but yeah. it's a machine. It's not going to change. Grow. It's not going to grow. Uh, and so it, it's been trapped in this baby body, watching its kind of kingdom fall apart yeah. for however long. Uh, right, and you end up, well, actually, I guess it's in this route, so we'll get to that later, yes. Uh, but... Uh, I, I'm I'm not too familiar with Immanuel Kant's uh, philosophy, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it's kind of, uh, kind of using that that as like a interesting way. Yeah. Soren Kierkegaard was uh, he, the leader the leader of the machine cult. He his idea he was very against like dogmatic religious institutions. Like he hated the Church of Denmark, uh, and so he he ar- he argued against kind of. Um, blind faith in like the church or uh you know or assuming that god gave you meaning he, he was a theist but he he was also an existentialist and so the, the machine cults would, would be exactly kind of an example of what he argued against mm-hmm. so it's kind of ironic that the leader is yeah. named kierkegaard <laughs> uh but yeah a2 meets pascal and you kind of do some yeah. favors for pascal well, i think they mentioned i think before that when we meet pascal was when we're go we go out of the resistance group after you get the part Yes, I think yeah. Um, and or at least hear about the part or something like that. And then she's getting attacked. I think you take care of. 
that yeah, and then you're the whole thing of you kill androids. I think you get a choice if you want to kill Pascal there. Yes. Though, based on what happened later, I imagine it's one of the things they give you the choice, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's um that that choice in itself, choosing to kill Pascal leads to one of the like optional endings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the right answer is of course. To uh, not oh, kill okay, Pascal. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that one. Yeah, that makes sense. That'd be well, yeah, one of the yeah. endings. So you end up doing a bunch of favors for Pascal. You build a bridge for the children, yeah. and uh, that's when you A two scene. Oh, hey, not all machines are, you know, vicious killing machines. Yeah, A two is softening on her opinion of the machines mm-hmm. uh and then i i it probably helps the pod it has data on pascal's like pascal is a no fret blah 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 right right um and i think you're i think pascal uh, pascal asks you to go to anemone who uh because anemone has a book that pascal wants to read yes. uh the book is called ponce which is funny enough the uh a book written by the real life uh blas pascal pascal being a, a philosopher that was the book that Pascal died. The real Pascal died while writing Ponce. Mm-hmm. And the, the Ponce book explores a lot of on the nature of humanity, which we'll get to in a second. So you go, you get the book, you're going to go deliver it to Pascal. And, um, and what do you know? Uh, another horrific scene. Yeah. Everything uh, going to shit. Yeah. The machines, t- the machines in the village turn on each other. They are cannibalizing each other. Yep. Uh, and Pascal is freaking out and asks you to, uh, help uh, accompany him to the factory where they've evacuated yeah, all the and, children yeah, machines. And take care of the androids here, like help any survivors. Um, one of the things that I found interesting is a kind of feeling of helplessness and sadness added to it is all the machine like bodies and stuff you see around there are all the robots that you helped on side quests. Yeah. The ones that stand out because I remember when you went down the ladder there were the two sisters they were holding each other. Yes. The yeah, the yeah. Bows. yeah. And yeah. then the scientist dude you kind of you funded mm-hmm. you see him just lying there dead and just a bunch of stuff like that and in Route B there's this child he's unlocking himself in there and you gotta hack it. Yeah. And he's still we, in there. Isn't he's he? still he yeah. was still in there. He was the only yeah. spot that um that showed, hey, he's alive, but it was on fire and everything. But because you're A2, you couldn't hack it. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that scientist uh, robot for a second because I kind of want to derail this conversation. And we'll get back to it. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, shout outs to the channel Super Bunny Hop. I did a lot of kind of reading and looking at different mm-hmm. people's interpretations on Near and its themes. Uh, Super Bunny Hop does a great, he has a great channel. He brought up a point that I haven't seen anywhere else. And how you know, Yoko Taro is Japanese. This is a Japanese yeah. game. He talks about the idea of ganbate. Ganbate is a Japanese term, roughly meaning good luck, but not in the way that we would say it. It's more of like, do your best or mm-hmm. give it your all to this purpose. And Yoko Taro, I think, is kind of criticizing that idea of putting all your effort into one, one task, one defining thing that defines you. I mean, he, he being a video game developer up until near all of his games have like a 60 or 50 on Metacritic. He would not be what you would consider a success, you know, at, at his yeah. craft. Uh, but I, I think Yoko Taro is kind of criticizing this idea that, you know, don't pigeon your pigeonhole yourself and pent up your whole identity on one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think like the robot uh, machine or the, sorry, the scientist 
robot in the village he kind of exemplifies that because did you complete his his quest line yes so he's trying to build i think like an elevator to the moon yeah <laughs> um at the very end when you fend, when you fund him enough money he laments that he failed to do this because he accidentally built an elevator to mars <laughs> and so he kind of it's like yeah you didn't succeed in what you wanted to do but you did something even better yeah uh so i, I think that i think it's a good example i think mm -hmm. of one of those deeper points but anyways the machines turn on each other in pascal's village they go to the factory all the children and you go there with pascal they're very scared the, the children machines uh and it turns out that other hostile machines are kind of coming for them and pascal who's been a ardent pacifist up until this point uh realizes that in order to protect what he cares about the most that he has to give up his pacifism mm -hmm. and uh, and fight off those uh, the the oncoming machines. So you kind of get to take control of a giant Goliath class unit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really awesome, but it, you know it also you know I, I think I think a, a simpler game would just be like you can't always be a pacifist, but uh, when you get done with that protecting the children, you come back inside and you see i think one of the most soul crushing moments yeah all in this the, game all the, the little kid machines killed themselves yes because pascal taught them fear yep he taught them to fear their own death yep. and so they committed suicide yep and then you're giving the choice of well this lays out two choices but you actually get three yes you get three yeah. um of you can either delete pascal's memories yes or you can kill him or you can just walk just away. Walk away, and, and none of those answers are, are the are right good. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I ended up, I did my choice, and then I ended up reading all the other stuff about it after I was done with the game. Yeah, um, and then I heard about the walking away episode. Apparently, Pascal screaming, like, like, what are you doing? Why are you leaving me? And that kind of, that yes. kind of stuff. And that sound, that one sounds soul crushing. <sighs> I mean, all of them did, but so. I went with the, I killed Pascal. Okay, I wiped his memories. I, this is the way I thought of it, because as we mentioned throughout this whole thing of, um, the whole machine things, they'll always make the same mistakes again. That's been a theme. Yes. So it did cross my mind of, if I wipe the memories, this is what would happen. He'll just end up trying to rebuild another village, and this could all just happen again. Again. <laughs> okay, uh, so I want to answer your your kind of idea of what happens. So if you wipe yeah. his memories, I guess you saw it. So you know. Yeah, I ended up reading it. Yeah, he just starts a little shop. Wait, wait, you sell parts? Sell parts from the machines that killed themselves? Yeah, he kids. sells the children's cores, which the machine cores are like their their yeah. soul, basically. Yeah. Also, if you kill um Pascal, you get his core, which is expensive. I did not sell it. I kept it. That's good. Yeah. I, I was like, I can't sell this, man. but no, plus one, not like I was hurting on money. <laughs> yeah. And you actually meet Pascal as nine S and nine S is like, hi, Pascal, how you doing? If you wipe his memories, oh, okay. he doesn't remember any of it. And he's like, Oh, hello. Here are these cores. And nine S is just, well, at this point, nine S is also very broken, but it's just such a, it's oh. kind of, yeah, I didn't even think about you meeting them with nine S because I did not nine S never met in mine. Cause I killed Pascal. Right. So, but I was always well because we're about to get to nine S's stuff because his whole thing once he wakes up is to kill all machines. Yeah, so I was like, oh no, am I gonna end up having to kill Pascal and stuff? Like, I mean, or kill or village out of like you know anger and stuff at the very least. Obviously, I ended up killing Pascal, but yeah, 
Yeah. So I do want to mention uh, how the in-game Pascal kind of reflects the real-world Pascal and his mm-hmm. philosophy. So Pascal, the real one, uh, he did not have a good view of humanity. He thought that uh, humanity's most defining feature was its wretchedness. But the only good thing about humanity was that we are aware of how wretched we are. And so I think that is what Pascal kind of realizes. He was very, this very rational thinker, the, the in-game one, mm-hmm. very rational thinker, very hopeful and optimistic. And he kind of realizes just the, the awfulness of humanity, which is what they are intimidate or Im- imitating, aspiring to be like, he, you know, it's kind of, he realizes the duality of man mm-hmm. in a way, uh, just kind of like the, the, the darkest bottom part of it, fear and despair and fear of death. And, uh, it, yeah, it, it's, it's heavy. <laughs> um, but we can move on to nine S now yeah. at, at this point, after a two gets done with that, she, they, they call attention to the, to what nine S has been doing. And she kind of follows them mm-hmm. to the conclusion, but we can jump to nine S now. So mm-hmm. he wakes up and, uh, he yeah he vows to kill machines in a2 because he is now living in denial as well mm-hmm. and so uh he goes to the tower which uh, in a very video game way the tower is locked and you need to go through these three different areas that have unlocked mm-hmm. to unlock the, the main tower um and so the these boxes which are scattered throughout the world are called meat box soul box and god box um <laughs> uh, so he, he goes into these and and the thing that I like the most about this is that this is I think arguably Nier's most video gamey moment mm-hmm. but the the voiceovers in those areas are very yeah. I, I guess like um uh they, they kind of talk down the 9s they're very hollow you're kind of you're getting these rewards and it's like good job but it doesn't feel rewarding and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of t- taking the idea that like you have to create your own meaning and your own purpose to mm-hmm. find you know fulfillment yeah we're going back to the video gaming thing it was also kind of thing of the towers kind of did different things like first one hey you're just gonna fight hey yeah. second one you're just gonna be hacking <laughs> yeah 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 it, it does explore yeah different kind of mechanics of the and game there's one thing i think in the last tower which or one of the towers was really cool where there's i think the next to last floor or something there are a bunch of treasure chests that obviously spawn and it depends what you do what you did and the one of you like you open was like oh you killed a lot of androids right yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or machines yeah um and one of the one of the um the pieces of information we get from those is that yeah. uh i felt bad i didn't do them all i should look see what all those were um that uh the, not only uh, is that Yorha, not only are they covering up the idea that uh, that humanity is gone, mm-hmm. but they, they are also expendable. And they were expendable from the very they, get-go. Yeah. Their whole point was to uh, perpetuate that myth and then be wiped clean, uh, to be mm-hmm. destroyed, to kind of get rid of any evidence. Yep. I mean, that makes sense when you have a whole like model of Android or ever that has an E in it for execution. Or yes. <laughs> Um, and it's revealed that the black box is the thing that powers the Yorha yeah. units. Uh, what kind of their soul essentially is made from recycled machine cores mm-hmm. because it'd be inhumane to make, you know, the standard androids and then wipe them clean and then get yeah. rid of them. Uh, and I, I, I like nine S's reaction to this and that it's very lackluster. He yeah. like, he's so in denial and like, 
in in uh, well, we're gonna go all Friedrich Nietzsche. He's in angst uh, <laughs> about his whole situation that it's just it doesn't really phase him. Yeah, he's uh, like, oh well, my life's getting any worse. Of course, is the way it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, so yeah, Yorha was expendable from the from the very moment. Their whole existence was meant to meant to create a lie and then to be killed off yeah kind of going off of that it's kind of just one of those things like i like how especially after you you get done with the thing about like how this kind of plays with your expectation albums goes because i think you didn't really do up when i came and originally talked about it yeah but i my prediction of oh nine s and two b they're just gonna end up rebelling against your huh and you, no yeah, yeah you ended up just kind of like you made you did good to make it sound like yeah <laughs> because <laughs> we'll you, you really see how i saw like how they won't like it or whatever, I guess. Yeah, and there's also tons of moments in these areas that Ninus is going through where they're just they're just messing with this poor kid's mind. Yeah, uh, there's there's having him insane. Yeah, there's a part where he's destroying the cores in these things, and there's a part where it kind of goes back into his memories. Yeah, and his memories are being deleted mm-hmm. by this thing. His memories of two B, I should add. Yeah, and so he attacks this shadowy figure, and it kind of cuts to that that thing is a uh, replica of 2b yeah he was just kind of just stabbing her and like the blood is kind of splattering everywhere it's mm-hmm. that scene is very very disturbing yeah something i kind of like because also playing with everything because you think this stuff might be like happy and it's like especially when they kill two it's like so TV's gonna have some kind of day that's Mac on that shit and come back, right? Right? Uh, no. no. Yeah, yeah. I, I should. Yeah, I was in shock when I think TV. Yeah. I was like, is she? Is she really dead? The character on the box. They're like, it, it's it's crazy because like for you know, Tubi's the main character and she's the near automata representative in Soul Calibur. Yeah. Like, no, you actually end up playing 9S a good bit more. Yeah, 9S <laughs> was really the main character in this yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, which I, I I like that a lot. That just kind of subverting expectations. Um. So, anyways, he, I, you, you, I think you can interpret him stabbing that two, uh, two B figure, but we'll talk more about the kind of connections between his feelings over two B and his memories mm-hmm. um, again and again. But there's there's a very interesting detail in that scene with his memories, in that one of the scenes is of him and two B touching their black boxes from the very beginning of the prologue. Memories that he should not have. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think about so that. So we'll time. talk about that some more. Uh, and one of the boxes, yeah, he fights uh, his operator to one who's yep. been corrupted it's by like, the logic ah, virus. <laughs> which, as Jeff was mentioning earlier, that is here. She is really kind of discussing her. She came off as really cold denying us, but really she just wanted to have a, a family that yeah, she, she really cared for him. Like it was kind of weird. It's like a like parallel of. To be got the happy go is the stoic character, the happy go lucky operator. Yeah, and um, this is more happy go lucky, but got the stoic operator. Yes, and just kind of throughout the whole, but on both sides, well, you see to be or get a little less stoic, and then definitely twenty one zero as yeah. you do her little side quest as the story goes on. Yeah, um, and so you end up fighting uh two one zero, and she and she's eventually killed by a two, only cementing nine S's. Anger and desire like, to kill. Literally kill the two people I care about the most. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, uh, but anyways, eventually 9S unlocks all the boxes, mm-hmm. and he, um, uh, which unlocks the main tower. He goes there, and he tries to unlock the tower using his hacking mechanic, and it takes a while, and yep. machines start to attack. Yep. And you're like, oh, God, how am I going to do this? But then Devil and Popola come to your aid, and you're able to yep. hack into the hack into the tower. 
And I think I think that's when you get one of those crazy endings or something. You like, yeah, you can let them uh, die. Yeah, um, you just keep on fighting. Just they just die at some yeah. point. Like, but well, they do they do die regardless. And you yeah. know, I think you're, you're treated to their those two Devil and Popola units own kind of backstory, mm-hmm. which I think ultimately I I think kind of again they kind of summarize I think the the ultimate message of Near, which is yeah this is a meaningless existence, but it's up to you to find your own meaning. And that's mm-hmm. not easy. That, that there's yeah. a lot of strife. And for them, for devil and Popola, like they are, because of the actions of the two devil and Popola units from near or from the original near, yeah. they are shunned. They're kind of outcasts in, in the Android society, but they find solace in each other. And I, I think they find meaning mm-hmm. in, in each other and, and they, they kind of pick themselves up. And that's, I think tying into a lot of, Friedrich Nietzsche's idea is that like life is suffering, but that's what makes it important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, living a comfy life is, is not ideal. And yeah. And they, they are fine. They're putting, they're accepting their fate and they're kind of saying yes to life. That's one of his sayings Yeah, to, you know, accept what happens, what has happened. Don't live in denial, but you, you can push on and find your purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they. One of them said one of them was kind of hanging out at the end. Like, I think they may have asked a two, and she kind of like, "Did we help in the end or something like that?" Yeah. To affect the yeah. Um, I guess before we get on to the tower stuff, which is obviously the last part of the game, I just remember something because yeah, you mentioned go back to near. I guess we can talk about Emil's kind of side stuff before we get. Yeah, yeah, we can. Um, so near in the original game, when you're actually fighting Devil and Popola in the original one, mm-hmm. you kill one of them, I forget, and then the other one comes back. To, and is really enraged because you killed. So her like sister. Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, yeah, they they really do mirror each other, which uh, we can talk about. We'll talk about Nietzsche's eternal recurrence in a second. <laughs> but uh, yeah, God, this game. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I don't think you can you can't really beat the other one of the pair in the original one, and so Emil kind of sacrifices himself mm. uh, with accompanied by one of the saddest songs. <laughs> An India soundtrack I've ever heard. Yeah, I think it's called Emil's Despair. But uh, anyway, so I I assumed that Emil was dead mm-hmm. uh, by the end of the original Nier, but turns out that he survives, and he actually yeah, there are a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, he actually defends Earth when the aliens attack thousands of years later. Yeah, and uh, uh, he kind of makes copies of himself mm-hmm. to fight off the alien. Yeah, invasion. I can't. Yeah, it's one of those kind of small things I can't remember. It, the Emil made it clear it's like, eh, I don't know if I'm the original or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another interesting idea that the Emil that you know who is identical to the, to the original Emil, if he is or not, but we don't know. Yeah, you, you could be a no way to know. Odds are he is not. <laughs> yeah. So, and there's a fun side quest. Did you do the flowers? Oh yeah, I did Emil? all. Yeah, I did all. I was like, I could tell Emil's related to the original Neo 100. Of course, I'm going to prioritize this before I move on. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and that the area that you go into the and song the, that plays at the end of that quest. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's from the, I, that's from the original Neo. Yeah, I, I yeah, I was like, I had I sat there like it's good stuff. Yeah, and that little shack thing and those mm-hmm. flowers, those all relate to a character called Kaine from the original game, who was mm-hmm. a friend of uh, Emil. And the beautiful thing about um, Kaine and Emil. I mean, I've kind of spoiled Nier already, so I'm going to yeah. go into it. Uh, Kaine is the is the character that is very scantily clad. Mm. If you ever seen images from that mm-hmm. game, 
she looks like she's wearing like a thong and an apron. Nice. <laughs> well, it's it's very deliberate, and so Yoko Taro is kind of uh, twisting the whole femme, the sexy lady in the mm-hmm. junior party from a lot of JRPGs. Turns out that one, she's very vulgar and crass and kind of a psychopath. Nice. Uh, she is also a, um, a hermaphrodite. Hmm. So uh, she is shunned by society because of her genitalia, and that has kind of soured her experience. Uh, ne- uh, Emil has uh, he was created to fight off the, the the conflict that was going on way before the the games. Uh, he was this kid who has like the power to petrify things. Uh, he, so he was outcast and, and shunned, and he later turns into like the weird, freaky skeleton you see. And so, from his appearance, um, uh, and as well as uh, Kaine's attitude and, and, and appearance, they're both kind of shunned from society at large. And so they find solace in that, and they become really good friends over the course of the original Nier. Mm. Um, and so. The, the shack and the flowers, those all relate to um, Kaine and him kind of remembering mm-hmm. her. Yeah. And um, you can actually go down there in Route C with 9S. I did. You did. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I can't remember why I did that necessarily. It's like, I feel like I got to go down here. And I didn't. Yeah. And it's like, worth it. <laughs> yeah. So he plants her sword. Or, um, can you have a sword? Because. Um, yeah, not a sword. A2, A2 has, has that. that. But, but, but uh, it has her, her, a cross. It was yeah, cross. a cross. And it has. T- at least her mask or yes something. yeah that is it so he kind of pays his respects to her then the song plays again you're like <laughs> yeah so yeah so i i um a lot a lot that's where that's really like the, i think like the deepest connection i think to the original yeah. game and you know i think people who are really into the lore of Nier are gonna bring up all sorts of stuff about kine and the connections they do and this and that and it's like i i don't i don't know i don't know about that but <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know. <laughs> you, you can you can read in that if you want, but I, I'm just really concerned with what is in the game. You know, I might try the original Mirror. I mean, obviously, I heard all this stuff, but it's one thing to hear it and then another thing to experience it yourself. Yeah, I, I can lend it to you. Cool. Yeah, people What's people it? will tell you that the gameplay is bad, but it's it's not bad. It's just okay. But uh, do you want to talk about the tower? Of course. Let's get right, let's get into the yeah. the finale. Yeah, <laughs> of the game. So 9S goes into the tower uh, where he's fighting some Yorha units and he is confronted by a whole bunch uh, of two bees. A whole bunch of two bees. Which at this point, he takes off his visor, his uh, face mask, and he just kind of... He's gone insane. He's kind of gone insane. And you, you, you can talk about, uh, th- again, the, the feelings of uh, violence and mm-hmm. sex, which I think is kind of mirrored in the very end of ending A where... Uh, 2B kind of straddles him and chokes him out. Yeah. Uh, that, that kind of blurring of the line between those two very, I, you know, human and uh, primal, I think, feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, there's an audio log that says that's, that's his fetish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, A2 follows, in, uh, well, he kills the 2B models and then one of them actually explodes. Yeah. And he loses his arm. But, yeah. Then you cut to um, A2. Yeah, she's like, I think it was right after the whole factory thing with Pascal's where you cut back to her. Yeah. And like, hey, I got these readings going on or the pod did. Or if she hears like the intercom or something when 9S was going into the tower. Yes. Pod's yes. like, hey, this is where it is. Blah, blah, blah. Let's yeah. go. So she follows in after him and she walks into a a library, which is the library from the first near. 
um, and you can read about uh, they reference Yona, who's the daughter of the main character in Near. The whole mm. premise of Near is that Yona is sick, and he is trying to find a cure for her. So that I mean that bit's like a little bit of you know fan service, obviously yeah, yeah. with callbacks, but uh, man, was it effective. <laughs> um, you can even go into one of the side rooms, and there's all these trophies of all the uh, the bosses that you fought. Yeah, it's yeah, a callback. Yeah, it's a callback to the first one as well. Mm. But um, so she, yeah, she goes into there. Um, uh, uh, I saw those trophies. Like, are they gonna pull some shit? Like, this is all a game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not quite. It's, I think it's just like a callback. To yeah, that. yeah. But um, yeah. So nine S is wounded. He puts an arm, a two B arm, on him, uh, and he is. This is where he is confronted by what are called the Red Girls. Mm-hmm. And the Red Girls are um, uh, pretty much like the overseers, like mm-hmm. the admins of the machine network, I guess. Uh, and they've been they've been cropping up here and there uh, in, 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 in more of the routes, but you don't quite know what they are. And here they kind of reveal... Yeah. I think the first time that pop up is at the very beginning of... Or the end of Route B, right yes. after the whole whatever i guess to be whatever killing none s and they just appear there and there's an obvious there's like wait what yeah <laughs> what's that yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so here they appear in full and they kind of explain what they are to 9s mm-hmm. which is uh again pretty much explaining what can what can be derived from the from the black box file that uh your was all set up mm-hmm. to be destroyed in the end uh and, and 9s kind of starts to lose it even more mm-hmm. at this revelation um so anyways, 9S and A2, they are ascending the tower, and I, I, I don't think I'm forgetting anything here, but really awesome. It's kind of jumping back and forth between them and nine, or A2 and 9S. Yeah, because yeah, 9S is in the flyer thing, because... Sorry, felt a sneeze coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because right before that, he fights a bunch of Yorha units in the flighter unit things. Yes. Then... At the end, he takes one ball. So, yeah, you're fighting two, I guess, twin bosses. Yeah. That yeah. are pretty much saying different names, blah, blah, blah. Um, A2's on foot on, like, an elevator thing, fighting things. Yeah. 9S and Sky, you switch back and forth. Pretty. I thought that was pretty well done as far as yeah. how fluid it could be. Yeah, it was. I liked it a lot. And just, like, the music is just building and building and building. Yep. And then at some point, they collide. The two, you get to a point, A2 and 9S get together, and the two bosses kind of combine, and then you fight them together. And even during that fight, you're, you're switching, switching back, back and forth. forth. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, really awesome, really awesome fight. Uh, and so you beat that kind of giant machine that you've been fighting going up the tower, and then you're left with a choice. Yep. A2 or 9S, because yeah. 9S wants to kill A2. That's, that is his goal. Yep, A2 is like, well, I want to live. <laughs> yeah, um, and so... While they're talking, uh, 9S is completely in denial about what yeah, is he's, going he's on. He's too far gone. I was kind of like, I, again, it's one of those things kind of playing with expectations. I kind of expected going through this like, okay, like maybe A2 will explain or something. Or at the very least, even if, let's say, 9S killed A2, he'll learn if something may feel some guilt or something. Yes. Nope. I don't. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, he he's completely delusional. He's even flashing like those red eyes yep. to indicate that he is uh he's been infected by a virus, mm-hmm. and so um you know and two B kind of drops the bombshell or sorry A two drops the bombshell that two B is actually two E. Where it's I was like 
That explains so much. <laughs> yes. So she, to be, was actually an executioner model, and she has what? killed 9S dozens of yeah, times. Like, yeah, something like she just kind of designated to 9S in particular. Because yeah. the 9S units, because they're hackers, they're very intelligent, and yeah. they're going to get into classified data, like mm-hmm. humanity is dead, and it is up to the executioner models to kill them, to wipe their memories, and mm-hmm. re-download their, their data back into new bodies. So that's one of those things. So did 2B know all this? Or just kind of like she followed Origins, just got rid of 9S? Yeah, that's a big question. I think it's kind of up to your own uh, decision. Which I really liked. Like, that explains because one of the... Again, like I mentioned earlier in round A and B, is like 2B kind of seems like she's kind of warmed up to 9S. It's kind of suddenly doesn't feel completely earned but you felt yeah. it's you know you've you know you felt it's there and then like like you hear that like oh that's yeah. because she spent so much more time than Nana s remembers yeah that's why she breaks down at the end of ending a and b yeah. and she says it always ends like this yeah because she always ends up killing him and mm-hmm. this is a this is a person 9s she's fallen in love with him she cares for him deeply mm-hmm. she has to keep killing him and experiencing that trauma and him kind of remembering her and I, I, I like I like this theory or this idea that uh, this interpretation, I, I guess, is what it is that when 9S in the very beginning says, oh, my friends call me nines, oh. but he's a scanner model. So he doesn't really work with oh, a lot okay. of people usually often. So that's what he says. So you can, in my opinion, I think 2B originally gave him that nickname. Mm-hmm. And that ties back in with him having that memory when he's going through the boxes yeah. of remembering something that he should not remember. So, and this is kind of hinted again at this very final com- confrontation between 9S and A2 that he he knows deep down that 2B kills him mm-hmm. repeatedly. Uh, and he, that he knows the truth, but he doesn't want to acknowledge it because yeah. his feelings to 2B have are a major part of who he is and has th- given him purpose. Yeah. And like, yeah, going back to the thing we were talking about with the wandering couple, that kind of thing. Yeah. Androids and robots will just repeat their same things. No matter what is, Oh no, no matter how many times you delete nine S and marriage, you, t- you, t- you just put him with two B and his feelings will come back. Be, yeah. Yeah. And that's why in that side quest at the very end, two B is dead silent because yep. she is probably being racked with guilt mm-hmm. uh, over, the fact that yeah she's she's been killing him repeatedly over yeah. the course of like before the game even begins uh so yeah so you're given a choice to play the fight that chooses a2 or 9s who do you and who you pick de- determines which ending you get yep so if you pick uh 9s no, sorry a2 you get ending c, c which she tries to save 9s by uh fixing the corrupted data within him as well as destroying the tower Mm-hmm. which is revealed to be a cannon aimed at the moon. Yeah. Kind of like a final solution, I guess, for the machines to kind of destroy humanity mm-hmm. and take away the android's sense of purpose. Uh, if you play as 9S, then you, uh, well, A2 gets distracted, and so 9S is able to kill her, like run her through with his sword, and then he also gets stabbed yeah. by a two sword. And what is that... Probably, I think, one of the most uncomfortable moments in, yeah. the, in the game. They just both lie there dead. Yeah. And then it isn't that... That's the one where 9S's uh, memories get uploaded to where Adam and Eve's Yeah, right. so they reveal that the tower is not... It originally was a cannon, but is now an arc and is meant to kind of 
take the data of the machines on like a kind of paradise, if you will, yeah. and launch it into space. And so you're, you're giving a ch- you're given a choice as 9s to join them, and Adam and Eve are there, but they no longer show any hatred towards him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way, you, you know, the Ark is kind of like heaven or nirvana, yeah. um, or you can choose to to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is ending D. So I guess we can talk about which choices we picked. I, even though we both went back and did both, right? <laughs> I started with A two. I did too, especially since it's like nine S. You're too far gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I figured like um, I'm going to end up going back, but still, yeah. and end up working that way. Hey, n- yeah, A two's one is C, so I went in the right order. Yeah, and I did choose for nine S, and then I went the whole yeah, just send my memories up, whatever. Right. Um, and I should mention that A2 also dies in ending C. So you can you can kind of... I, think I mean, she, yeah, both endings, they both die. <laughs> yeah, she makes references to the characters that she lost uh, in the in the Yorha stage play, that she is dying and yeah. going to see them in, you know, her idea of an afterlife. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's C and D, and then we get to uh, experience ending E. So uh, we get to ending E, and that is uh, pretty much you can just pick any ending you want again, or the other ending that you did not pick the first time. Yeah, I guess we can say this because, yeah, right after you do, um, you make your choice and do that ending, you get the whole, after you go through the credits, you get the whole chapter select thing. Right, yeah, and I some, that. Like, I was kind of dreading going into it, was like, okay, I know I'm going to go back and do this ending right now, but... I was curious, like how there's gonna be said, like how far back do I have to go? No, that that chapter select is in depth. Yeah, like yeah. I I love it. You get to choose an ant pretty much about any point. It tells you who you can choose to play as. Also, which how many side quests are available? How many you've done? In which character you have? You know, you have to be to do it. It's like, yeah. Now that's really well done, especially yeah. with the way this this whole game's been set up. Yeah, it's really yeah really great, and like you can jump in wherever you want, and you're probably gonna want to finish up. Any loose ends you have not finished up. Yeah. Because uh, when you jump in and you do the other ending that you did not pick the first time, mm-hmm. uh, then you're taken immediately to ending E. Yep. Where uh, pretty much the pods, in a very self-aware kind yep. of way, they mention that now that A2 and 9S's black boxes are offline, mm-hmm. that they now is the time to finalize the final mission of Project Yorha and as to wipe out all the data. Mm-hmm. On Project Yorha, um, but the the pods, their own experiences throughout the game have kind of given them their own identity and mm-hmm. consciousness, and so the the main pod, O four two, which I think is a nod to uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you, you know, oh, and I, I forgot to mention that Two B's name is reference to Hamlet. Two B or not to be. Mm. So two B is not actually two B. Mm. Um, but anyways, so you are given the deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you you are given the choice to uh, stop the data stream or uh, up upload. It's been a while since I played this game, so I'm yeah. probably blanking on a few details. Uh, but you are given the option to rebel against this notion, and you are taken to the credits. Where, like the hacking mini game you've seen up until now, you have to now fight the credits in a bullet hell esque <laughs> yeah. sequence. Yeah, and it starts off pretty easily. Ah, oh, guys, this ending just gets so crazy. And then Square Enix comes in, which 
I like to think of this as like Square Enix being the makers of this game in the way they are God. So you do kind of get to kill God. Yeah. In, yeah. in a way. I think with Square Enix, when things got really difficult, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's when it got difficult. And I kept on dying at some point and yes. dying at something like, do you want help? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the bullet hell sequence is very, very hard. I think it's almost impossible uh yeah i think yeah they did that on purpose no it's gonna be that like that one guy's like i i beat it without help <laughs> yeah well that guy is probably like a pro at ikaruga yeah <laughs> but uh anyways so you get the message of people are do you want help you people are offering assistance mm-hmm. and so a swarm of other of uh of the kind of like icons that you use to shoot with yep. and other little you know i guess jets or whatever they come mm-hmm. in to help you they shield you they and shield you and if you notice that every time one of those shields gets hit and they keep coming in, but there's a little message that pops up saying that so-and-so's data was lost. Yeah. And so those are real people. Those are real player people's yeah. data that have beaten the game. And so when you get through the credits, you're treated to the, uh, to the final ending mm-hmm. uh, with the help of random people online. You get to the final ending uh, in a very, I think a very great line by the pod who's embarrassed because it originally was supposed to be a suicidal mission, but he, yeah. uh, he actually ends up succeeding. So he's, he says a future is not given to you. It is something you must take for yourself, mm-hmm. which is the ultimate, uh, you know, existentialist Nietzschean idea of to, you know, embrace your freedom and that re- make the realization that you are who you are, from your own choices in life. There's nothing greater than you making you who you are or guiding you down a path that you can be whatever you want to be. And your future is up to you. And and that is, I think, the final kind of message of that to become, uh, in a way, what, what Nietzsche kind of was talking about, to become greater than man, mm-hmm. to become, uh, to to go past our our humanity's i think desire to find to abandon our freedom and kind of find you know give up on you know options in in life and to to fully kind of you know realize our full potential mm-hmm. um and so that's what happens that the pods because they were exchanging data on what was happening uh they're able to salvage to be in 9s and a2 and in a way you know this uh, through all the awful things that have happened, through all the despair and mm-hmm. sadness, we are treated to, um, I think, the first happy ending in a Yoko yeah. Taro game. <laughs> um, and, you know, we don't know what A2 or A2 or 2B or 9S are going to do. We don't know, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole cycle could continue, but they are now free. Yeah. Uh, and they are free to make their own future. Uh, and that is something that we will not see because then we are asked a question. Yep. <laughs> of, um, the fact that we saw this true ending was because of the the kindness of other players of mm-hmm. Nier uh, is asking you that to give up your save data so that somebody out there, someone that you will probably never know, mm-hmm. someone that you could even hate, uh, <laughs> might see the the true ending Mm-hmm. The true uplifting ending to this game, and uh, I mean, I I deleted my data. I'm a selfish bastard, and I didn't complete stuff, so I kept my data. Oh, Jeff, uh, it's okay. You can go back and delete it. Yeah, um, but, uh, I think 
also, I can't remember before or after. I, I think after I got done, I mentioned something. Hey, you're done. There's something else unlocked in the world or something. It's not like another set of quests or something. Uh, I haven't I looked into it, but it made it sound like something like that. Yeah. Did you get the uh, the DLC? I have not. Yet. Okay. I don't. Hey, I'm not sure what that could be. But um, yeah. You're. And this was also in the the original year. You're also faced with the choice of giving up your save data, but mm-hmm. under different context. And I I love the idea of of this like option to to give up your save data because I think it is a true like act of kindness. Yeah. And I think very few games kind of embody that mm-hmm. where you know in Dragon Quest or a lot of other games, Mass Effect, where you're doing kind of kind things for strangers. It's for your own reward, your own benefit. Yeah. And very few games honestly ask you to give up something important like your save data yeah. to help <laughs> to, for, to help you know another person. And uh, Yoko Taro talked about this, that this ending was kind of inspired by, of all things, a Coca-Cola ad where um, Coca-Cola set up uh, these booths on the border between India and Pakistan. Mm-hmm two countries that have a very contentious history and that are both nuclear armed countries. Uh, but people were allowed from both countries to go up to these booths and interact and write messages for another person in the opposite country. Mm. And they were overwhelmingly messages of, you know, good luck and like understanding of the direness of the situation, but you know, ultimately like positive interactions. Uh, and I, I think this, I, I think this game is kind of saying that like, yeah, like, you know, life can be awful and there can be a lot of dark moments. And I think when you realize that your life is meaningless, that you can fall into this existentialist despair, you can fall into depression, you can go nutso like 9S and live in denial. But when you realize that you're in charge of your future and you kind of realize that it's the small interactions, like the good parts of humanity that can give your life meaning. And that is what that's what makes life worth meaningless in, in the words of another philosopher who is uh not mentioned directly in the game mm-hmm. but is his philosophy is certainly baked into it is albert camus he said that uh the me like uh your purpose in life is what stops you from committing suicide so in a very it's a very dark statement but you know i think it shows that like he was talking he was talking about how the interactions the, the things that the beautiful things that he observed in, in the world are, are is what motivated him to continue and to uh to find his purpose and i think that's the same i think that's the ultimate message of of near automata it's a good game yeah <laughs> <laughs> deep game yeah oh man my voice is tired but <laughs> <laughs> we still got more did you uh, yeah but um i hope Anybody listening to this, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope if you mm-hmm. if you played near and you didn't really kind of grapple with some of these deeper themes that you maybe uh, you know can can look at the game in a new perspective. Uh, I think this game and I and like I said, like these are just some of my half baked ideas. Yeah. Uh, there there's there's a lot of readings that you can do into this game, and Yoko Taro wants you to do that. He, he's mm-hmm. very he's been very tight lipped on what this means. What does the was ending E mean? He wants you to make your own decision. And he'll explain all of it in Near Enigma <laughs> out in 2021. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I I am very curious to see what a Near sequel would look like. I, yeah. I and mean, again, as I mentioned earlier, the sales for that game were 
it had to be above, like way above expectations. Yeah. For, so I'm expecting Square Enix is handing um, your guitar a check, like playing check. Like, here you yeah. go, make, make us another game. <laughs> um, and and I'm excited because oh, yeah. he's he's a creator that obviously you know is not interested in just making a good story. He mm-hmm. he's interested in, I think realizing the full potential of games and their ability to connect with players and to make deep statements that I think could not exist in any other or, or messages that could not really be conveyed as well through any other medium. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, near Automata cannot exist as anything else, but a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I like it a right. lot. Yeah. I feel crazy. We've been talking for about 135 minutes. Um, and we mainly been talking about the story, which is fine. We didn't even talk about all the crazy gameplay stuff I talked about. Were interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess one example was during the, um, where, where I found it really cool during the final thing for route, um, C, when you get to choose between a two and nine S the way th- when you're depending on which one you choose, the style of the fight's completely different. Cause the, when you yeah. choose the, a2 it's all the 3d fighting one like it normally is and then when you pick 9s it's a 2d kind of thing which happens a good bit during your you get to that perspective and it changes perspective a lot from the kind of 2d kind of brawler thing side scrolling brawler to the Mm -hmm. regular 3d thing to um the the, uh i forget the right word the uh like the hack and slash kind of or the um the the hacking stuff yeah the well the up down stuff or whatever right yeah yeah okay yeah yeah uh, yeah, this game goes all over the place in gameplay, and yeah. again, it's not it's not concerned with being like the most perfect game or to, mm-hmm. to tell this like really you uh, conventionally compelling story. You mm-hmm. know, as much as I know, I you know, God of War is a great game, Red Dead Redemption, you know, lot Naughty Dog games, like those are all great stories, mm-hmm. but you know, they could be movies, and yeah. you wouldn't really be missing out on a lot from those stories. You couldn't make a movie out of neither. You could not, and I, I think that's. Unless you make five movies, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, even in like, what, like, at what point would it like just shatter the fourth wall at the end of, and you have that kind of interaction where you know you're realizing the full empathy, I think, of your actions at at at, at ending E. Uh, yeah, this game is is it's something, and mm-hmm. I I like it a lot. And the more I think about it, the more my appreciation for yeah. it grows. Uh, it, it's again one of my favorite games ever, and. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for Yoko Taro's work. If if you want to read more, I think eloquent points on Nier. There, there's tons of video essays and articles. Uh, but again, like this game is, it's up to your own. I think reading into it to to find I, the the meaning of it. I think mm-hmm. the the deepest meaning. Off topic question: Is that referencing that anime on Netflix? I don't know. This was like this was a link on the. He's pointing to like one of the. Articles I might be remembering the name. I feel like I feel like it's an anime on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. He's he's pointing to one of the articles that I put yeah. on my uh, my little doc. But yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of great articles out there uh, that really dive into the to the philosophy of, of these games. Mm-hmm. So I I, hope- I I didn't realize until just looking at the picture. It has Nier's cover. Two bees holding looks like a dead nine S, but. You think it'd be kind of the other way around based on this game. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, watching... I mean, just real quick, like, watching the trailers and stuff for, for Nier, like, in the lead-up to release, mm-hmm. you have no idea what this game was about. Yeah, I didn't want... I didn't really follow it leading up to it and all that stuff. I can't even remember the trailers. I'll look back on this. I imagine it's one of those things where the bulk of the trailers is stuff from the A 
yes route maybe if a little a b or something then maybe just like showing the Yorha soldiers dressed up in the battle gear and C at most. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you read that final data file from Jackass who kind of sums up the, uh, the game, like what was going on. <sighs> I don't think I did. Unfortunately. I'll read it out. Uh, she writes. Uh, so then to sum it up for hundreds of years, we've been fighting a network of machines with a ghost of humanity at its core. We've been living in a stupid fucking world uh, where we fight an endless war that we couldn't possibly lose. Uh, all for the sake of some council of humanity on the moon that doesn't even exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess we kind of like lost over it, but yeah, again, the, uh, the machines themselves, their single purpose was to defeat the androids, but yeah. that's a contradictory statement. Cause if they end up winning, then they have no more purpose in mm-hmm. life. So they made uh, faults in their own data systems, which is why they started adopting different forms of, different ideas from humanity. Uh, so really like the, the androids and, and the, uh, and the machines were locked in a war that neither of them could win or lose. Talk about, talk yeah. about like, just, that's why it's been gone for thousands yeah. of years. Talk about an existential crisis. Yeah. But, uh, any final, any final thoughts on near? Yeah, I think we covered about everything. Yeah. Great I think game. we did a good job. This, I'm sorry this went on for so long, but there's, so much to talk about in this yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, people are still talking about it. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like it's one of those games that obviously we don't see on the um, the sales charts or anything, but it's probably still selling. Well, like Whenever it goes on sale, there's always going to be this group of people like, okay, fine, I'll play this dang game. <laughs> yeah, which you should. I, I yeah. honestly, you don't have, obviously you don't have to play the original Nier to enjoy this game. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I really like this game, and people should definitely check it out. If you want to see, uh, if you believe that games can truly be like, you know, unique and special, and like their own distinct brand of like art, mm-hmm. like I think this is a really good example yeah. of that. It, again, like you said, like at the very beginning, not a game you can really judge by its cover. Yeah, yeah. Because all you see is a scantily clad anime girl, and you're like, oh, okay, it's that kind of game. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. You know, if you're listening to this and you've not played near Automata, definitely go play that. And hopefully yeah. this encourages you to check it out and have some things to kind of chew on while you play through it. Yeah. I need to get to be in Soul Calibur. So have a good one. Yeah. Uh, glory to mankind. Glory to mankind. <laughs> <laughs> Doing whatever there. This, I can't remember. Yeah. Something like that. Peace. Right, we cut there. <laughs>